Hello, it is Coach Us Up Chuck Wednesday, November 17th, 2021. Huge show. So many guests, you're going to lose your mind. Obviously, Chuck Pagano is here. Can't thank him enough. LaShawn McCoy stops by. Great conversation. Jordan Poyer, safety of the Buffalo Bills that the Colts are playing this weekend, stops by for a chat. And Jay Glazer gives an incredible testimony live from Michael Strahan's 50th birthday celebration that he will say he was in North Dakota, but we actually saw the FaceTime. He's in some Caribbean island. That's how they fucking do it. Great conversations were had by all. Uh, we can't thank you enough for joining us. If you like the show by the end of it, please be a friend, tell a friend. If not, just act like it never fucking happened. Let's get to it. Today, because we have a slew of guests. Ooh. Hashtag Jay New, Jay Glazer in about 10 minutes. Yes. Yeah. I think he's down at, um, I think he's at Strahan's birthday celebration that is currently in a Caribbean island. Oh, that's okay. Diesel. Yeah. Uh, who's who? I think Strahan has turned 50, maybe. I think he's, would he be 50? Uh, that's yeah, right about right, probably. So it's a big one. It's, it's one of the big ones. So he, he wouldn't be 60. He's definitely older definitely than 40. Yeah. 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 So, so it's probably the 50th celebration is happening yep, down true. there. Jay Glazer's calling it. He's got a book coming out January 25th, I guess, called Unbreakable. And also, he knew that OBJ was guiding this ship the entire time. I was going to end up in the Rams. What else can we potentially look forward to or know about? Hashtag Jay New is always known. He joins us. Chuck Pagano obviously joins us in the second hour to coach us up on all the situations happening around the NFL and coaches' seats and a vision from a guy that's actually been there and had to deal with the entire onslaught of bullshit that is an NFL season for the head coach of NFL teams. LaShawn McCoy Ooh, will join hey. us. Okay. Yeah. Hey, he, he joined us uh, one time previously. Great conversation. Uh -huh. Great. I'm a big LaShawn McCoy fan. Can't wait to chat with him about all things happening in his world. How about the Buccaneers, Shady? What do you think is going on down there? He was in that locker room. He was also in the Chiefs locker room yeah. Yeah. a couple years ago. His records and numbers speak for themselves. An absolute superstar in the field. Can't wait to chat with him. And then Jordan Poyer will also join us. Whoa. Okay, another Four. friend of the program. That's a lot of people. Jordan Poyer, great conversation. He, uh, he talked to us about his life and the decisions he made in his personal life and how the football life's gotten better. And now he plays for the Bills, obviously. Mm -hmm. Colts going in Buffalo to beat the fuck oh. out of them this week. Oh. Oh. Potentially the best safety tandem in the league. Legit. And he flies around and hits the hell out of people. Yeah. Public He's a great conversation yet on the field. Perhaps. Bet. Bet. But what if he makes a massive play and then just like dances on my grave in there? Nah, not with Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, by play. the way, Jonathan Taylor, he, he, I'm going to ask him if he even knows what he's getting into with Jonathan <laughs> yeah. Taylor. That's right. Hey, have you, have you just had like maybe a. A cow that runs a 4-4 run into your face <laughs> mm -hmm. this week. Is that what old Sean McDermott's got you guys doing on the defensive side to prepare for Jonathan Taylor? Can't wait to talk about That's, by the way, massive game of the weekend. Oh, yeah. Colts-Bills is huge. Colts are hot. Bills have found themselves after potentially disappearing there against Jacksonville. What happened? We'll ask Jordan. They're always an incredible. I really enjoy this Bills team. Yeah. yeah. The way they go about their business, the way they act, the way they handle it. I really like the way this Bills team has been constructed from old Bean and McDermott and the patience and everything like that. I hate to break to you, boys. Old Frank Reich and Jonathan Taylor got some things to say. That's right. Hey, I, and this can't, because Hard Knocks is tonight. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yep. And it's the Colts in-season Hard Knocks. Uh -huh. And I think they're potentially sending me over a clip that we can run on this. Ooh. Oh, nice. I think. I don't know. Sneak preview. So yeah. I got a text from somebody at HBO and was like, hey, Pat, insert name here from Hard Knocks. 
We have a clip that we have cut specifically for you and your show, if you wouldn't mind running it, to preview tonight's Hard Knocks or whatever. And okay. I was like, very nice of you. How the fuck did you get my number? Yeah, <laughs> sure. Fair, fair yeah. question. I would like to know who is potentially and... Uh, I was explained that the way it went about is a good friend of mine in the building, uh -huh. you know, did, so all of my friends that work in the building still, whether it's the equipment staff, the athletic training staff, the marketing people, the salespeople, the people that I've known for a long time that are cooks, like the people that, they said that this Hard Knocks crew is like the nicest crew of all time. Really? Wow. Yeah, they, they said it, incredible to work with. They understand that there's probably a lot of hesitancy from the teams because they've mm -hmm. been there, done that for so long because it's so much secrecy. Like the amount of, in NFL films obviously owns it so it's the league is ultimately in charge of what goes out and what doesn't go out but you got to remember teams thought that planes flying too low were potentially other teams trying to scout and yeah. steal mm -hmm. information that is how competitive and those are things that would be done by teams by the way to try to get a little bit of intel on a team to potentially beat them because there's billions and billions of dollars at play so you can't think that billionaires won't be able to do anything they possibly can do to get an edge. Which leads me to the New England Patriots. Hell yeah. Okay? And the reason why I tell that story is because when I was young in the NFL, my first couple years, I was standing on a sideline like this during a training camp practice, and it was an open practice, so there was fans there. And uh, I don't remember if it was in Terre Haute or Anderson, depending upon which training camp location it was, but it was hot as hell. There was a bunch of fans there, and it was like, shout out to you guys coming and watching. It was a walkthrough period, maybe. I don't uh, even know. Damn. I, I don't know how anybody does it, but Peyton's on the team, so right. you're getting a chance to watch Peyton Manning do what he does. There was a conversation happening right behind me by Bill Polian in a couple, Bill Polian, general Hall of Fame general manager, mm -hmm. where he and somebody else, and I don't remember if it was Bill that broached the subject or somebody to Bill broached the subject. And if if they did that, that means that they felt comfortable enough to tell Bill this, and, and maybe Bill Polian thought this could be real. They thought there was a New England scout in the crowd documenting the practice. Mm, might have been. In, in which, by the way. Checks out. Might have been. Oh, yeah. And it might not have just been New England, by the way. At that point, Colts and New England were going at it. At Tom Payton, I was at the tail end of that thing. It was a big storyline. So I think New England was just the natural team to potentially put that on. But they're not the only squad that would potentially do that. So Hard Knocks coming into a building and say, hey, we're going to film everything. Yeah, your, your team meetings, your discussions about who you're going to cut, who you're going to keep, uh, trade talks. We're going to get all the intel that could potentially, if lands in somebody else's hands, fuck you over outright. Yeah. Big time. So there's a lot of trust. So I think the crew that has to go in there, and I think a lot of the camera is like a big brother situation yeah. where it's just some PTZs that are being controlled from somewhere else. But all those people have to have the trust of every everybody in the building. I think it's a real good relationship, and I haven't heard a single bad thing from any of the people at the Colts about it. Who knows how the show's going to go? Because if it's at the beginning of the season, this team stunk. Uh-huh. And if it's at the current time, yeah. this team is wildly hot right now. And I know, Actually, like, in a lot of the promos, they've showed the win over San Francisco. So I'm wondering if tonight's episode will, will go. Because I, I think they were there at the start of the season, right? Like They were might, filming a bunch of stuff, Right, so it might cover, like, the first five or six weeks of the season. Who knows? Colts are actually kind of the perfect team for it. Because I don't think you want to see a team that's fucking terrible. And I don't know if you want to see a team that's just casually just rolling through the season like which by the way this year nobody correct you know so anybody would have got it but you're right there's there's a real uh -huh. hollywood type yeah run that is happening because if you look at 
the Colts in training camp, everybody was hurt. Yep. Brand new team, new quarterback. Yep. Weren't able to gel. And I mean, I guess this is hindsight looking back because we were riding the wave of them being one and four too. And I was thinking to myself into this microphone every single day, like this roster is very fucking good. Yeah. This team is, why are they losing? And it got hot in the streets for Chris Boward and Frank Reich. I mean, it got hot. So much so that even Jim was being asked about it. Ursa as he's touring around this whole thing. If they caught all that on camera and then this team is doing what they're doing right now and a superstar like Jonathan Taylor is about to be thrusted into the national spotlight even more so than he was when he was at Wisconsin or whatever, I think it could be the perfect story. To your point, Tone Diggs, it could be the great team. But how will this story end? TBD. Speaking of TB as opposed to just TBD, TB12 story, Mm -hmm. I completely forgot how this thing began. Got a chance to watch a man in the arena last night on ESPN+. Plus. I guess it wasn't supposed to go live until 9, but they accidentally put it live at midnight last night. So we could have oh. watched it before yesterday's show. Oh, Damn. Oh, nice. yeah, I, I, think we, I think we could. I did not know that either. I actually got a call from Connor, and Connor said, hey, it's up on ESPN Plus right now. And I think Connor might have done a little searching around on the internet to find out it's been up since midnight yeah. last night or whatever. So maybe ESPN Plus did that on purpose. Like, hey, let's just go ahead and get this out here whenever you want to get it. I was incredibly impressed with the way it's going to be done, I think. Now, mocking the... Um, like the still shot, the still frame that they used for the man in the arena, and then they had that guy who was presented by yeah. Under Armour, mm-hmm. whatever that photo. It is just a still shot of a motion graphic. That is why Tom looks that way. So that was Makes interesting sense. that that is what they chose to have, yeah, be the title, you know, picture, basically, the face of it all. But that story, I did not remember and obviously i was very young 14 13 years old i lived in pittsburgh a city that hated new england just like every other city basically that had to play against new england on a regular basis or got in the way there i thought drew bledsoe died okay Mm -hmm. on the field which that shot looking at it again i mean that was a square awkward shot i mean just absolutely crushed i thought in my head drew bledsoe dies Tom Brady comes in, wins that game, and and never looks back. I had no idea that Drew Bledsoe had to come back in like five, six weeks. He had internal bleeding, and then he gets all all the way back. He's a $103 million quarterback for the New England Patriots, the future of the New England Patriots, the highest paid quarterback in the NFL at that time. And then Bill Belichick's like, nah, I'm going to stick with Tom Brady, who has not done that great, by the way. He won a couple games, Mm -hmm. lost a couple games. It wasn't like that. Bill Belichick made a decision to go with the young guy as opposed to the person that they just paid the biggest. I didn't know that happened. If that was happening in the middle of this social media world that we're in it would have been so absurd the things are being said because i think bill belichick would have been buried for picking tom over drew bledsoe especially when drew bledsoe came back in in relief of tom in the afc championship game wins them that game and then the super bowl two weeks later tom is he healthy his ankle is he healthy it wasn't until tuesday night of super bowl week that they found out who was the starting fucking quarterback Mm -hmm. for a Super Bowl team. It was insane. Now, I thought the way they covered it, Vinatieri obviously hit. Wow. Two of the best balls in the history of football in that particular season. I mean, the snow game, and then obviously the Super Bowl winner. But taking a dive back into that whole story, I didn't remember it like that at all. I did not know how that was. That's insane to think about, and I... I assume that's why Bill Belichick forever thought, hey, Tommy, 
Remember what I did for you 25 years ago. You remember. You shut the fuck up, all right? I make the right decisions around here. You just play. You could see how that maybe became the way that relationship was built because the amount of faith that Bill had in Tom in that year, that I guess it was his second year in the yeah. league or third year in the league out of Michigan, insane. What were your thoughts as a Patriots fan? I mean, as a Patriots fan, it was unbelievable, obviously. I mean, that's just Pat's porn, and it's going to be for the first probably eight episodes till Tampa. Watching the game and how it was played then, like that hit on Bledsoe, it was so much better. And granted, probably safety-wise, it wasn't. Yeah, not as hits, healthy future. Course, right? yeah. well, but the hits that they were showing were unbelievable. Slow, that, by the way. Yeah, very slow. And also, I thought it was... I don't remember this either, but his first game being against the Colts and Peyton Manning, Brady's first starting first start, game, yeah. yeah, which was insane. And Parcells goes to the Super Bowl and then leaves. Could you imagine that today yeah, too? Yeah, and they were talking about this is probably his last game. He's going to go coach <laughs> yeah. somewhere else. Mm-hmm. It, it, like completely different time. And also even the little things. Um, Patriots are playing the Falcons, uh-huh. and they were showing the ball the entire top – of the stadium was empty. Oh yeah, Gillette. The entire top of the stadium was no. It was in Atlanta. In Atlanta, it was but in Atlanta. The Gillette Stadium. But then also, there was empty seats everywhere, and yeah. I'm like, the NFL has to watch this and think we have come so far <laughs> yeah. business wise. We have captivated the world. Twenty two and a half million people allegedly watched the Seattle Seahawks mm-hmm. Packers game right. on Sunday. I wonder what those numbers were back in the day. The, the game, the NFL has just evolved so much, and there's been one person. That has been through it all. Oh, yeah. And I'm still fucking doing it. It's literally how episode one ended last night was Tom Brady saying, yeah, it's been crazy and I'm still fucking doing it. And then going in the next one. It's I think it's going to be amazing. Tone, yesterday you said you don't want to watch it because you don't want to like Tom. Yeah. Did you watch it? And do you like Tom? I'm a big uh, let other people watch first and then tell me if I should watch it. So I'll watch it now because you guys said it was good. Hey, it's going to be hard not to love him. He does seem to come from like the classic rich white Uh family. Uh But uh, the hard work. Like the backup in the dream and the team, the team, the team mantra that he has. And, you know, whenever we've seen these interviews in the past, but there's a lot from him as a younger person, like high schooler. Him saying, I I think I have a pretty good work ethic, so that'll be good or whatever. I need to get faster. Hey, you don't. I need to get faster. That (laughs) needs to happen. But I think you will like him a lot more. And that seems to happen anytime you learn something about somebody. My my question is, because I don't remember exactly at the time, was it Bill who paid Drew? Or was Drew paid by somebody else, and then this was an opportunity for Bill to be like... So, Bill was a part of the team. Yeah. Bill Belichick was a part of the team. He was the defense coordinator, the secondaries coach, or something like that. And Parcells was the head yeah. coach. And I think Parcells' era paid Drew. Gotcha. Then, Pete Carroll was in between, uh-huh. and he was terrible, I guess, for two yeah. years. And then Belichick comes in, and now he's the guy. So, I think he was still a part of the Drew... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Us now is a man who Zito has told me one thing and one thing alone about his appearance today. He is yoked. Okay. <laughs> that is what Zito said. Zito said, wait until this dude shows up on the screen. He is absolutely yoked. He's a stud safety for the Buffalo Bills out of Oregon State. Leads the Bills with four interceptions and second on the team in tackles. This dude flies around. This weekend, he's going to see Jonathan fucking Taylor, though. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Jordan Poyer. Yeah! What's up, dude? What's up, guys? How you doing, man? It's going to be back on here. It's good to see you guys. Hey, it's a fascinating week for you to come back on the show. You know, Colts are traveling up there. You know, there's a little bit of that going on. How's preparation going for the week? It's you guys great. struggling? It's, it's- 
It's great. <laughs> Come on now. Come on now. It's great. We just had practice, man. It was a good practice. Uh, understand, man. It's a John Taylor is a damn good back. He's coming in here. We know what type of game it's going to be, man. It's going to be a physical-ass game, so got to be ready to play. I feel like you guys enjoy that, though. That's why I think a lot of people have rallied around the Buffalo Bills and this team that has been put together by Bean. Whenever we watch you guys play, it seems like you guys are doing it in a fashion that you would want your team to be doing it. You guys seem to have fun. You seem to be very physical. You seem to be a tight group. And it seems like no matter what, the Buffalo Bills will always be an underdog story. This year, you guys had a couple setbacks, right? You lose to the Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars. Nobody expected that Pittsburgh Steelers early how has the ride of the season been and where are you guys at now going forward yeah that's exactly what it is man every NFL season is a is a ride really you think about it, I think all the teams I mean you saw Baltimore uh, uh, the other night losing losing that game this and really uh, you know the season is all about Sean I remember Sean in 2017 he said you know it's not it's not the most talented team it's a team that can stick together the longest through the ups and downs of the season you know through the ups and downs of the game you think about it, every season has ups and downs, and obviously ain't nobody want to go to Jacksonville and lose all out in that fashion. But you know, it's always ways to find ways to bounce back and get better. And and uh, you know, it's not it's not you know about last week. It's how you respond in the next week because you know you win, lose, or draw the week before. You got to get your ass ready to play next Sunday, next Thursday, next whatever day you got it is. You got to play, and nobody's gonna feel sorry for you. So it's a good group of guys to be around, man, and, and guys really understand you know how to win how to lose because there's a way to lose too you know it sucks but you know it's a way to lose having to you know learn from the tape and really move on so it's a good group of guys to be around and, and you know it's uh it's a, it's, it's a fun team to be on hell yeah jordan do you and uh and fellow safety micah hyde ever sit there in the film room and watch some old clips of what safeties used to be able to do in the nfl <laughs> and just decapitating people and think like man what could have been right and the the game's changed a lot too obviously since then you know obviously the, the style of play um, off offensively and defensively, and obviously the rules now um, with with all the you know we could probably hit a guy you know this yeah you know, with this uh, hey you know. how how do you do that how do you judge that at that max speed because it is your position that is and now linebackers obviously have to hit on any crossing routes but the safety position through the history of time was normally the highlights that are completely banned from right. the game now how do you do that how do you adjust that is it just being an athlete yeah. <laughs> A little bit of that, you know, I think just, you know, understanding your target line when you're coming in to make a play. Um, and sometimes it's unavoidable. You know, the game happens so fast. You know, I've gotten, you know, I had a, I had a uh, against Travis Kelsey. He ran a seven route and I, and, I, and I hit him pretty good. But it was just kind of a bang, bang play. I got fined for it. Um, you know, it wasn't intentional or anything like that. But it's just the game of football is a violent game. Uh, and, you know, there's it, times where, you know, I feel like I got to make a play either on the man or the ball and I got to hit him. In order for him to, to to not catch the football, obviously, but you know, bang bang plays happen. The refs see it certain ways, and that's just the game of football that we live in right now. Do you appeal those fines, and do you get to explain oh. yourself? And what do they say? Do you represent yourself in court? What do they say back? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little bit of a process, uh, and obviously explaining you know what happened in the in the play, uh, a little bit of a process, and then you get it get a get it back about a month later, and they tell you whether or not you know what you said was was right or what was wrong so you kind of put the hand put it in put it in their hands and they then they decide what to do with it after that so but, uh, have you had success in the courtroom or not i haven't haven't uh, <laughs> <laughs> about 50 50 right now um you know, i got some good people representing me but it just hasn't came my way a lot of time. 
Uh, that's, uh, the, the safety tandem you and Hyde is talked about is like the best safety tandem in the league. And you two obviously know each other well, and there's been a lot of success there. How does that help you? What is it? Does that change anything? Do you guys recognize that? Is it something you take a lot of pride in, or is it just a natural thing that has happened immediately? Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's crazy how it's all came you know full circle since we came in here in 2017 because when we came in here in 2017 i remember we were picking out our jerseys and we were like dude like you know like let's be the best like we could really be the best you know doing this unless you know obviously our goal we got here is to win a championship and we're still on that ride but you know um we're still you know we we've known each other for so long and it's crazy like our families are close off the field and we've been playing with each other for so long you know it's crazy to see things come full circle and we just want to continue to get better man um we still feel like the sky's the limit for us we still feel like we're not talked about enough we still feel like you know we're the underdog um we still feel like everybody else wants to talk about the jamal adams the tyran matthews the you know this that and the other that's cool that's all hey they ain't saying shit about us that's (laughs) all look look you know you look at what we've been doing the last five years here in buffalo you know you compare that to a lot of a lot of other guys around the league you tell me, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, we're not loud guys like that. We, we understand we got to come in here to work every single day, um, and, our, and our game is going to speak for itself. That's awesome. Hey, what's it like play, practicing against Josh Allen? Like, does that dude, when you guys are going ones-on-ones in camp, I, I would imagine he likes to get creative and try to look you on. Like, and obviously, uh, his arm strength is unbelievable. Like, how difficult is that? It's crazy to see how much he's grown up since he first got here in 2018 and, like, seeing Mike and I's looks. You know, in our disguises, like during OTAs and then training camp, and then now he, <laughs> we'll get back there. We'll get we'll get back there and say we're doing like a two minute drill. So he's got to read the defense, and he'll he'll be back there like, all right, I see Micah here. He's gonna do this, and Jordan's over here. He's gonna do this. <laughs> it's like, dude, like, all right, you understand? You get it? All right, cool. But no, he's I mean, he's grown up so much in the last three years. He's been here. It's amazing to see his growth. And I'm, you know, I'm excited to see, you know, how far he continues to grow. You guys paid him. That's huge in the locker room, right? And like huge, knowing man. that's a big deal, right? Huge, man. He's a huge leader on our team. Uh, fun guy to be around, um, and and just it, it's just huge uh, to know that you know he's our guy. Did you ask him about like the Forrest Buckner, or Darius Leonard, or anything coming on Sunday? You know what I mean? Arr, arr, arr. You know what I mean? <laughs> the dogs are barking. You know what I mean? I'm sure they got. I'm sure they got a good game plan. I'm sure they got a good. All right, all right, all right. Go ahead, Tom. <laughs> Jordan. Obviously, you guys have kind of taken one more step each year. And last year, you know, you were right in the thick of things. Like, could you feel like that the expectations were different going into this season? Obviously, you expect to compete for a Super Bowl, but like. You know, then everyone in the media is picking you guys to go to the Super Bowl. Like, is that something you guys could feel in the building? Yeah, I mean, it, it's just we understand that we're a good football team. You know, we understand, obviously, the talent is one thing, but um, the camaraderie of the guys offensively and defensively, you know, guys are really – we grind it for each other, man. And, you know, win, lose, or draw. Like I said earlier, we found ways to bounce back off of, off of bad losses and, and come and show, you know, the NFL what we really are about. And so uh, – you know, you definitely felt the energy in the beginning of the season. And, you know, obviously you, you still got to put the work in. And that's the difference that I've seen between this team and other teams that I've been on. It's just, you know, yeah, we have the talent, but also guys come in here. I mean, guys are in here an hour and a half before our first meeting, doing their lifts. Doing, I mean, just doing the little things, you know, to, to, to be the best version of ourselves, be the best version team of our, that we could be, you know. Um, so, like I said earlier, it's a just fun team to be around. And we definitely felt that energy early on. I asked this question earlier. Why do you think some teams are like that and some aren't? 
You know, because it seems like it's a very easy recipe. Hey, you if you guys like each other off the field, you're probably going to play better. If you put in extra work, you're probably going to play better. Like, how come that doesn't happen everywhere, you think? Yeah, I think there's, uh, you know, and I've been on teams where I've had, we've had plenty of talent. Um, I've been on a couple teams in Cleveland. We had plenty of talent. Team in Philly, we had plenty of talent. Just, you know, I think the work, ethic, the work ethic and then obviously the camaraderie of the guys, you know, obviously we've been in this system, our defense for four or five three, four, five years now. And, you know, no, 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 no slander on Buffalo, but there's not a whole lot to do out here. In Buffalo. <laughs> when we, you know, when it's, when it's, when it's time after a game, everybody's kicking it with each other, you know, during the holidays, families are all kicking it with each other. So it's a really, really close group uh, of guys out here on the team. And when you put that together, you know, when it's, when it's crunch time in the, in the, in the fourth quarter and you, you're not looking at your teammate, man, you're looking at your brother, you know, this is really my brother that I've been grinding for. So, like I said, it's a fun team to be on, and, and we're not perfect, and we just want to continue to get better. Sounds like a great group. Sorry about Sunday, dude. It's coming up. Go ahead, Tom. <laughs> Jordan, I'm not saying I'm not saying this week is one of those examples, but like, do you get excited going a week when you know that a quarterback potentially, you know, well, may give you a couple chances well, to uh, to take one the other way? Well, 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 well. I feel like that's a that's a trick question. That I'm, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stay away from that. I think I got a little, a little trouble with Mike White last week saying some stuff, so I'm gonna stay. Away. <laughs> what did you say? I didn't hear it. Uh, right, no, you now. don't have to say it again. We don't need to get you in more shit. But isn't it fascinating if you were as an established vet now at this point who knows the game? If you were to say anything that would potentially be a little bit out of a standard box answer, everybody would think, "Oh, Jordan Poyer's cancer oh, team. He's, he's motivating the other squad. It's unbelievable." Right. Right, and it's, I mean, it's tough, you know, but at the same time, you know, you understand that. You understand that. Hey, you don't want to give them no fire, you know, because I, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to give anybody any fire. I know if I heard somebody about, something about somebody saying something about me, that just, that would just piss me off and be like, <laughs> all right, let's go, you know. Well, let's go then. Hey, we're going to, I guess we're going to have to do this, I guess. Carson, Carson, by the way. Much bigger than he looks on film. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. he is. Yeah, he is. Hey, he's big boy. He likes to run, too. Sprained oh, ankle. Hey, show him how he runs, Pat. Oh, he lumbers out there. I mean, he's <laughs> like, he, he is a lumbering <laughs> guy. Yeah, watch those knees, though. They come flying. Uh-huh. They come flying up there. Uh, we, can't, we cannot thank you enough for joining us in the middle of a work week. Uh, I appreciate you so much. And I literally, when I found out you were coming on, uh, they told me about your store. I checked it out this morning and we pulled it up. I want to make sure we pub this. How much time, how much time are you putting into this? Because there's some very good shit in here. I see you modeling too. Oh, hey, model. Oh, JP21. This is awesome. You got a great line in here. I appreciate it. Yeah, we did a lot of content in the off season. And, you know, I have my group Avalon Sports and and shout out Daver. They've been busting their ass, God. just putting it all together, and I'm able to just kind of, you know, just say yes or no, drop it, don't drop it, and you know, it's been it's been it's been going well. So if you guys, you know, check it out, jporter.com. Uh, I got a big dove sweater. I got a JP hoodie. I got some hats. Hey, Ooh. holiday Ooh. season! Yes, holiday. sir. Yeah, let's go. Holiday seasons coming out. Hey, yes, sir. have you thought about the future after football? Is this something you would want to get into, or are you so focused on uh, being the best football player you can be? I'm definitely focused on being the best football player I can be. You know, I'm 30 now, so obviously it's still, it does, you know, click in my head. You know, a lot of you know, you know, what if, what if that ends tomorrow? So 
I got a lot of stuff in my head, but really, I'm just I'm focused on on I'm trying to be the best football player I can be, best father I could be, and, and best and best husband I can be. Yeah, maybe be maybe be an incredible husband and father on Sunday. Take the day off. It's a good idea. <laughs> Can't do that. Oh, okay, all right, all right, all right, because that would be a bad example, obviously, right. as a father. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, that makes sense. Uh, have a great one. We appreciate Thanks, you guys. so much. Uh, Shop.jpoyer.com. Get the absolute fire flames that this man has put together. We appreciate you. Safety for the Buffalo Bills, Jordan Poyer. Now that the world's opening back up, so many new thrills are on the horizon. Okay. And whether you've been in a relationship for years or just getting started, we're excited to get back out there and meet new people. Hell yeah. When the moment comes... It's not come too quick. Oh, <laughs> here we go. I get it. <laughs> that is not what they had in their copy. Okay. <laughs> they should. That was, I think they're going in a different direction. So let's go back a sentence or two. Okay. Okay. When you, when the moment comes, you want to be ready. Hell That's yeah. true. Yeah. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, Ooh. all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Once you take care of that, though, you get the Roman swipes, and guess what? Ha! Lasts a long time. Banging it, banging it, banging it. Yeah, it's yeah. Pete Alonzo at the all <laughs> yes. at the home run derby. That's Boom. right. Dingers. Downtown. Bingo. Occupier. <laughs> Population, you, dude. Hell yeah. Roman ready equals confidence. The confidence that you know you can rise to the occasion in the moment. We're looking at the Summer of Love 2021 version, and Roman wants to make sure you can participate in your way. Whether that be as a single person or a couple who would still rather stay in with each other, a U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. Okay. That's huge. Free? The shipping's free. Wow. I believe. Not the... Not the yeah, medication. Free no. two-day shipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go to GetRoman.com slash McAfee today, and if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of ED treatment. Okay. That's G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com slash M-C-A-F-E-E. And if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of erectile dysfunction treatment. Make sure you're ready to have confidence and control this summer. Roman ready. Joining us now, AJ Hawk. Yeah, AJ. What the fuck, dude? Hey, from the little, little bit that I know of the situation, I hate to admit it, but Connor's right. He really is. Uh huh. What? This would never happen in Boston. It would never happen. Never. Well, or, well he didn't even say that. Okay. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he, he, did. Yeah, he did. Older brother would never let go of the reins. We we assist others, and little brother Pittsburgh has our help now. This is unfucking believable. This is a tough day. I mean, Nick is happy about it, right? Nick yeah. knows that there's going to be a lot of money poured into the Penguins, which is good for everybody, which I concur completely. Uh-huh. Mario's still there. He's going to sell a majority of his shares. He bought in for $100 million, which wasn't even actually $100 million because of deferred payments from the team and the bankruptcy issues. He's getting a big payday. He deserved it. Oh, who cares? Hey, way to go, dude. Mario. This is like a Dana White situation yeah. where uh-huh. new team, hey, we need you to keep around the, or stick around because we don't know anything about this city or team or fan base or anything like that. But let's talk. Congrats to Mary Lemieux, though. That Mario. is real. That's good business. Mario's Does that mean family. Sid's going to be gone, don't too? Nope. Don't they live together? So, uh, Mario's not going anywhere, buffoon. He's got to work for the next few years. That is literally what we just said. 
They're shipping Crosby to Boston. Vegas. No, no, no. See, no, that is anything off the Boston. We don't want. We're going to get pasta. We're getting pasta. Sorry, the no. Fenway Sports Group is actually saying, "Hey, we got good friends up there in Boston. They won't let us buy the team, but we can make some moves. We're taking pasta." Down they are the not pit. friends with the scumbag Bruins ownership. Oh, the no, worst no, owners no, in hockey. No, Terrible no, people. So Go look at what some of the things they've done. So we're going to be ruined. Is yeah. Billy Bean going to be the GM? It seems like it feels like it is just a dollar cutting situation. But uh, let's congrats to Mary Lemieux, though. I love when ex professional athletes make great business decisions and cash out. So I'm very proud, Mary. Thank you. Second greatest hockey player of all time. I am very, very proud. Right behind Sidney Crosby, by the way, for those that are wondering who was number one, it was not. Wayne Gretzky. Okay. Thanks for the team. He's How would you know? Did you watch Wayne play? I've seen enough highlights to think, oh, okay, yeah, Sidney could do all of this if he had six feet of room around him at all times because there was a goon on every one of his teams threatening to actually try to CTE people if you were to touch them. In the pads that they were wearing, they look, the goalies looked like, hey, rest in peace, dude. They had no pads on. The, the goal yeah. was about three times as big as it was back. Mm-hmm. Sid would have. Now, I'm not saying Wayne wouldn't have been able to adjust in this era as well, okay? And if Sid focused just on goal scoring like Ovechkin has, I assume he would be the all time leading scorer and whatever. Sid's just the ultimate player. Defense, playmaking, sniping, stu- just, just a, a humble superstar. Mm-hmm. Grace of all time, living in Mario's house. Mario cashes out, probably hand the house over for free because he's married. Probably make a few hundred million off of this. Oh, John, yeah. John Henry will probably take the house and then he'll take Cross. No, no, no. John Henry ain't fucking buying Mary Lemieux's house, all right? I don't know. I think it was part of the uh, whole agreement. So, oh, no. Take it all in. Anyways, Russell Wilson just talked about a similar situation as what Mary Lemieux has been able to accomplish. Russell Wilson said he wants to play for 20 years and then own an NFL team or an NFL franchise. I think a lot of people have that in mind once they get into the NFL, whenever you see how it's being run, some of the people that are making some of the decisions. And also the massive amounts of cash that are just flowing in to the entire game. I don't know if 20 years will put you in a position enough to become a majority owner, but I like the fact that he's putting out in the universe, hey, if you guys are going to buy a team, I would mind, I wouldn't mind joining your little group, you know, mm-hmm. like LeBron joined the Fenway Sports Group, sure. like um, um, A Rod, uh, Alex Rodriguez joined that group that bought the Minnesota Wild, yep. and uh, then <laughs> you know a lot of people have done this in the past. It feels like that's potentially what Russell wants. I enjoy the business move. It's going to be a tall task, but I think it's all just who you know, right? I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a very tall task. It, also, to play 20-plus years, from what that headline says, that is uh, another thing that's very difficult, especially someone like Russell that runs around and, and gets blasted so often. But he, he recovers quicker than anybody else, Wolverine. I guess, the 19-hour-a-day thing. Great healer. He's a Wolverine. Did you watch The Man in the Arena, episode one yesterday? Presented it by Under was it good? Huh? I haven't seen it yet. Was it good? Yes, I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it. Willie McGinnis was in there talking a little bit. Drew Bledsoe did some acting in it and some talking in it. I mean, that was that was some interesting moments. But going back into the story of how it all began for Tom, I didn't remember that. I didn't know that. And it's like, I what think... Year was, what year did this happen? 2001 or 96. I don't remember which one. 96 is when Bledsoe was drafted one overall. Uh, Brady was drafted in 2000, and the year that he came in was 2001. Okay, yeah, because they do a couple different years. And I think Bledsoe, and I don't know when he signed the biggest contract in the history of the NFL fell for a $103 million deal over 10 years. I think it might have been 2000, I guess, maybe a year before when Pete Carroll was. I don't know. Bill Belichick making the decision for Tom Brady 
whenever Drew Bledsoe was willing and able to play and had just won them the AFC Championship and was the highest paid guy and had won in the past so it was supposed to be the future. Bill Belichick saying, I'm going with Brady and uh, you just need to shut the fuck up basically to Drew Bledsoe. And to Drew Bledsoe's credit, it did not seem like he was that much of a cancer to the situation, which would be very understandable, by the way. Although, if his interviews were done nowadays that they showed last night, oh, oh my God, social media would have called Drew Bledsoe a distraction. They would have said that uh, Bill Belichick has uh, uh, a split locker room and they're not going to be able to do it. There would have been so many distractions with the way everything is covered now as if it's a fishbowl. You know, you zoomed in on everything. That story, though, I I didn't recall it going the way it did. A lot of people are going to love Tom Brady after watching this, I think. I think and feel bad for Drew Bledsoe. Yeah, I think that is just episode one in my eyes. Yeah, would they show when when Bledsoe got blasted and then he's hurt and but then Bledsoe had to step in what game and actually win a game for him in the playoffs? AFC Championship. That's right. What happened to Tom there? Tom ankle. sprained his ankle. Yeah, it's a pretty bad tackle. Actually, he goes down like this. He uh, Drew Bledsoe comes in, throws two touchdowns. I mean, it yeah. would have been so loud. It would, and they weren't supposed to win. It was against the Steelers. Yeah, right? yeah it was yeah. against the Steelers. weren't supposed to win. Not like. <sighs> Not supposed to do this whole thing. Bledsoe comes in, dominates, and then everybody just assumes, okay, now it's Bledsoe's time. And Belichick was like, no, no, let's see how this ankle, let's see how this ankle gets on this guy. <laughs> yeah. This seems like this is going to be my guy or whatever. And I honestly believe that is how the Tom-Bill relationship became the way it became 20 years later because I think Bill Belichick always viewed Tom as, hey, I was your guy. Like, I picked you over a $100 million dude, and I'd assume that is why Tom, you'll never hear him publicly saying anything about Bill, even though there's always going to be the chance for those stories, you know? Yeah, it is weird to see. Like, there's not really a comparable situation, is there, where a guy was a legit vet, like you said, highest-paid guy, and a six-round pick gets put in for him. Seventh round, whatever Tom was. Yeah, 199. He was late in there. Uh, joining us now? No, not joining us now. I was going to ask Chuck about that. That's a massive decision that Bill Belichick yeah. made. I mean, that is... Is Chuck he, coming on now, soon? Yeah, he's coming on uh, a couple minutes here. Cool. Is there Cordell highlights in there? Uh, I didn't see any Cordell. Not many, no. no I didn't see any. By the way, a, slash, lot of the, a, good. a lot of the highlights they were showing, he was. Slash was unbelievable. And he was good on the show, too. He gave us a great interview. He, um, a lot of the highlights were... The the Patriots beating the Colts, though. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the highlights were, it was like Colts, Dolphins, some other team, Colts, some other team, Atlanta. Dolphins, Atlanta, Colts. It was like the Colts were just in yeah. there every single time because the Peyton Tom thing was so massive. Speaking of the Colts, real quick, before we get to Chuck Pagano, we have been given approval. Ooh. Here we go. Okay, so they had, they had to whitelist our YouTube page, which means they're giving our page an okay to run clips. And if it's NFL Films giving us the whitelist of our... We could abuse this right now. We could run a top five highlights right now uh-huh. uh, from the 2021 NFL season because they had to take put us on a list that they won't give us a strike and try to take down our video and our business if we run this clip from Hard Knocks that they just sent to us. Does that make sense, AJ? Yeah, the, the Colts gave you permission. No. No. NFL Films. Oh, okay. All right, continue. Very nice of them, by the way, to do that. Now... My immediate thought was, okay, run the clip and then top five highlights real quick. And then we just kind of get into that thing. Could you imagine if we had NFL rights, by the way? I have numerous times. Takes this show to a hilarious level. If we were able to have our own top five, top ten and everything like that. But ladies and gentlemen, that'll be one day down the road. There's a lot of money for those things. Mm -hmm. Hard Knocks with the Colts is tonight. Here is a glimpse into the action that you'll be able to watch on HBO. Hey. PMS exclusive. 
You had random, random drug testing today? Yeah. Oh, it's good. I had to get Gary, get Gary right. They saw your cartoon character on TV. Y'all saw his cartoon character. How big is all his cartoon? He for cartoons going crazy too. No, 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 no. Not like yours, though. Yours look like you. Yours look like you. Yeah, Naheem looked look like he was like 6'2", 215. <laughs> In my head, that's what, that's what I am, though. In my head. It's okay. You're standing on your wallet. Hey, when you're standing on your wallet, you're 6'6". Six, six. Can't hide it. <laughs> hey, how about it? Wow. How about it? I didn't even know this was happening. Well, I think maybe you were in a majority. That's why they said, hey, can you, is there any way you could potentially talk about this a little bit? And that is, I like the thing about Hard Knocks is you get a chance to actually experience what a conversation is like. The trust that has to be built up, though, between the crew and the staff to have those natural environments and that you forget that that pan, tilt, zoom camera is even there is paramount. Joining us now, former head coach, of the team that is being spotlighted in Hard Knocks tonight has probably been in that exact room talking shit to who knows who. Ladies and gentlemen, Chuck Pagano. Wow! Beautiful. Hey. We got a lot of gobbledygool. <laughs> Uh, I got the black out. I got the black on the sweatsuit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I I'll send you a chain or two too. You know, I got I'm meeting uh Galante family this Friday. I'm gonna wear two pinky rings. I'm gonna have four of them on. I got two watches. I can't wait for the gobble coming out of Hartford, Connecticut. It's beautiful where you are. Is for uh this the first real snowfall of the year for you out there in Idaho? Yeah, we're up at the lake up in McCall, so they get a little bit this is a little bit over 5,000 elevation, so this is it. Yeah, first one. Will you ski or anything like that? Do you ski or snowboard or do anything? I grew up on skis. You know, growing up in Colorado, I grew up on them. And with sports and everything, you get away from it. So I think I'm healthy enough, strong enough right now to go give it a shot and hopefully not tear myself up, take Tina up. There's a little mountain uh, up here called Brundage. There's one in Boise as well, so I might give it a shot. Oh, getting yeah. back stay on, on this team. Stay on the bunny slopes. No, 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 no. Go to the Black Diamond, right? Double, yeah, double Black yeah, Diamond. Yeah, just see if you got it still. You know what I mean? Let's find out right now how the gobble is. You've been training on that Peloton. Those legs might be oh, stronger yeah. than ever right now. Chuck, go right to the top of the thing. Yeah, Peloton, you know, sitting in your living room, a little bit different than, you know, jumping off a chair and getting on a Black Diamond. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm not a I skier, so that. I think you probably know more than I would. Thank you for joining <laughs> us. Let's uh, dive into the week's conversation. Hard Knocks tonight in season. That has to be a tough sell to the coaches, and it feels like at some point in every Hard Knocks, all the coaches, all the players just are comfortable with it, and they forget the cameras are even there. What do you think we should look forward to? And if you were a coach, how do you think that entire process would go? Yeah, I think it's a, a lot better maybe now than it used to be. I think they've earned you know, people's trust uh, over the years because – like you were talking about before, uh, you don't want anything out. And, and so you're, you're basically letting these people um, have a front row seat to everything you're doing, uh, all your conversations, all your meetings, all your preparation to practice. And so you're really, you get really nervous about that. And it was like, hey, you know, they're talking to us about hard knocks. Uh, hell no, we ain't doing no hard knocks, you know, just because of that. And you're so worried and guarded about what you want to say when the cameras are on. You know, and you and and all those kind of things. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be cool. 
uh, you know, they'll do a great job again. They've, they've, you know, come a long way with that stuff. And I think, you know, the great thing it gives, uh, you know, the fans, especially the Indianapolis fans, but everybody, the fans of the National Football League, just, a, a, like I said, a front door seat. You know, you're behind closed doors and you get to see, you know, especially in season, you know, a team preparing, you know, for, for a game and, and get to see the ins and outs of, of what's going on and team meetings and practice and individual meetings and all the things that the head coach is talking to the assistants about. So there's some really good stuff. And again, they'll do a great job of filtering out what they need to filter out. Chuck, why do you think, especially NFL coaches, college coaches too, college football, are some of the most paranoid people on the planet ever? Yeah, you know, it's so hard to win, uh, you know, at this level. I remember being, I was in college for 17 years before I broke into the National Football League, and we had the convention, National Coaches Convention. As staffs, we used to go visit other staffs that, you know, were either running the same, you know, schemes schematically. We were running offense, defense, special teams, maybe some, uh, you know, a scheme that we wanted to go, but the doors were always open in college. People weren't, weren't nervous about it because, you know, there's so many teams and you probably visited teams that you weren't going to play, you know, uh, every year, you know, in huh. your conference, things like that. But the National Football League, I mean, paranoia, yeah, it runs rampant. Um, you know, nobody talks. You know, you try to get on the phone. You've got friends and things, but you're not talking about football. You're not talking about X's and O's. I think everybody has, you know, one, maybe two guys that they can, you know, sit down and, and have a football conversation with, and it doesn't go any further uh, than that. Uh, but just, you know, it's so, so damn difficult to win in the league, and, and you're trying to, you know, uh, keep it a secret, you know, what you're doing in, in all three phases and how you're going to approach a game and what you're doing schematically. It, it's, it's bad because it's, it's hard to, you know, keep developing and keep learning, uh, you know, in that respect. But they count on you just to be able to look at the tape and figure it out on your own. Hey, Chuck, we've heard some hilarious stories about people trying to gain an edge. And obviously the Patriots are at the spotlight of – you know, all those investigations. But I remember some hilarious tales, not of anybody on our coaching staff, obviously. It always seemed to be, oh, a friend of mine who coaches or a friend of mine who coaches, whether it is at hotels and trash cans where other teams are staying trying to find anything that was potentially thrown away or left behind. How about in windy days where a call sheet is potentially blowing and somebody's sending, in a, hey, go get that fucking call <laughs> sheet. Like That is something that's always being thought about, though, isn't it? Like paranoia running rampant, but also on the other side, how can we gain an advantage out of it? There's going to be people watching this hard knocks from all the NFL teams that are just trying to pick up some sort of advantage to beat the Colts if they're playing against the Colts. Yeah, if they're inside, you know, the personnel room, um, a meeting room, a team room, a position room, and they happen to scan, you know, a board and it's got, you know, some plays on it, a call sheet, this, that, and the other, which I don't think is going to happen. You know, they're going to go wipe down all that stuff and make sure, you know, they're not giving them access to anything like that, but they'll try. And I remember, you know, Pat, <laughs> I was at the University of Miami and we were playing your team. West Virginia Mountaineers, All right, let's go. and we we go to because you we go to stadiums and and you'd be shocked on when we go to the uh, locker room. You know how we come and do the walkthrough the day before, yeah. You know on Fridays, do the walkthrough. Well, we'd send equipment guys, whoever. Hey, go search the place, look through the lockers, look through the trash cans. Let's see what we can sniff out. <laughs> you <laughs> fucking cheaters! I mean, this guy yeah. my door here. Of course, no, they I'm used doing that to little old West Virginia. 
me. Guys have left, you know, uh, play sheets in press boxes just by accident. You know, all these kind of things. And so, you know, we come across this deal and we come together and say, hey, look, we found, you know, the, the script. Here's here's the plays. Here's the first 15. Here's this. Here's that. We got in a meeting room, wiped down the board, whole new game plan, this, that, and the other. <laughs> And it helped. We had Vinny Testaverde and Jerome yeah. Brown and yeah, yeah. Lonzo Highsmith and Mel Bratton and all, but 48 nothing. You know, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and we we oh. probably were going to do it, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. sure, yeah. We Let's... just had better players, but you're always conscious of, you know, I know as the head football coach, I was paranoid after every practice. I would make sure, especially we went to Anderson, we went to, you know, wherever uh, for a preseason game. Remember how we used to tell you, don't don't leave your playbooks, you know, in your hotel room. Bring them to the meetings. You know, we're always scared at certain cities. Hey, they'll, they got, they, they've hired, you know, the cleaning ladies. They'll go through your luggage. They'll go through, they'll grab your playbook. All that stuff. We used to spend hours and hours on just making sure, hey, follow us from practice. Make sure we've got all the practice scripts. Nobody leaves anything laying around. Um you know, again, it just, it just, you know, chalk it up to the paranoia. Yeah, it's awesome. It was so much fun just to think, like, you're telling me that they're going to have a, a cleaning lady who has a master key go into everybody's <laughs> room. And you never know. Hey, you never know. <laughs> yeah. I, I've heard it. That, that is always the you never know. They could. And then there's always players that are like, I'm not going out in this city and eating at any restaurant. Okay, there's no way. I have no idea what this uh, server, waiter, waitress, what? host, what? chef, whoever. What? I have no idea what their allegiances are. We don't know anything. All you got to do is just put a little something in there and make me shit my pants tomorrow. Mm. I'm not eating anywhere. That is just what it's like at the highest level. And let's talk about the highest level a little bit more in depth. OBJ and the Rams. We just got a chance to chat Jay Glazer. I think he broke some news without even knowing it. He said even when OBJ got to Cleveland, he wanted to get to L.A. Like he wanted to get to L.A. Jay said it's always been that way. Um, him being in a place that he likes and wants to be at and loves and is fresh and looks like McVay. I mean, first play of the game, Stafford wasn't looking anywhere but OBJ. I think they want to give him. How do you see that working out long term? And if you're McVay, how do you balance expectations, the locker room, and everything kind of you know continuing to go in an upward trend? Yeah, we would expect just from a talent standpoint, we know how talented this player is. That, you know, he would, uh, you know, as he gets more comfortable uh, with the offense and things like that, you know, all, L.A., the shininess of this, this new toy, all that stuff. Again, at the end of the day, we want to win football games and you got to catch passes and you got to score touchdowns. So that's going to be up to Sean, the offensive coaches uh, and OBJ to, to figure out that stuff, because um, I don't care, you know, how, you know, all that great stuff about being in, you know, the the city that you want to be in, and LeBron and all the bright lights. It still comes down to execution, knowing your plays, going out and winning your one on ones. Uh, you being on the same page, you know, with with Matthew Stafford. I think we all root for for him to do well, and we want him to do well, and and, and those kind of things. But it still comes down to your preparation. It comes down to execution. It comes down to making plays. Chuck, how how have you been able to? 
kind of transition to real life and seem like you are a healthy, happy dude. We know a lot of coaches kind of get institutionalized and they, they can't get out in the real world because they've been out of the real world for so long. You seem to be doing great. He literally does this all fucking day. Aren't <laughs> you just on that Peloton all day? You know what you- yeah. I get a few miles. I get a few miles in. It's like I feel guilty. I, if I don't get it, I don't get it in. You know, it's just so I can eat and, and have my, you know, my crown and whatever, you know, just a break even and a gobble ghoul. But um, <laughs> the transition has, has been great, AJ. Um, you know, getting fired from Indy in 17 and having 18 off kind of gave me a, a little bit of a precursor, if you will, of, of what this would look like. You know, because it's, it, you know, 18, 20-hour days, seven days a week, the grind, go, 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 and then all of a sudden, you know, you retire or you're out of football for a period of time. Those day, I mean, it's like what zero am I doing? To 60, you go from sixty miles an hour to zero. It's like, and and Tina and I had to figure stuff out. She's like, "Hey, hold on, I need a 20. So we got to figure some stuff stuff out because you're driving me freaking crazy. Because I'd be like, "Okay, what do you want me to do today? Okay, go to the grocery store, good. Go to the cleaners, good. Get the workout in. We'll walk. We'll do the dog. Boom, boom, boom." And it's 12 o'clock. And it's like, what the hell are we going to do now? You know? so, so, um, so, that, so the transition, um, you know, this time around has, has been really good. My whole family's here, as you know, in, in Idaho. I've got all my daughters, my grandkids, uh, you know, my son-in-laws, my grandson, Bear. Um, so I'm, I'm blessed. My Tina's side of her family, the whole family's in, in Boise. So, so we're all together, and you guys, you know, throwing me this olive branch, oh. uh, Pat, and, and let me do this show. This is my football family now. This gives me my football fix, and, and it's, it's, it's just enough, you know, uh, to give me that. Uh, and so you, I'm so appreciative of you guys letting me come on and be a part of the show. It, 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 makes, uh, it makes this whole thing even better. No, no, we are incredibly lucky that you join us and thankful that you join us, but it is cool to hear, hey, Team on three. Hey, team on three. This is the football team. Come on. Hands in. Please, 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 please. please. Team on three. Team on me. One, two, three. Team. Team. Great to have you part of the team, Coach. Great to have you there. You had me break down the huddle early in practice, by the way. It was one of your first practices in the spring, and I don't think you knew exactly who I was at the time, and I I think you learned quickly immediately after that huddle breakdown, and I I am very thankful that I got a chance to play on a team that you were a coach because you were incredibly cool, and I think that is what we learn every single Wednesday is the mind of a guy who is literally a football guy. You were in it for so long, and AJ's question about you transitioning out of it is a very good one because – and normally guys like you can't do it. They got to go back. They got to go back to the institution. You know, they're like red almost. They got to get back into it because by noon, my life is crazy, let alone the family. Like, for instance, Bruce Arians, and this will lead right into the Bucks, which will be a perfect kind of conversation and segue here. B.A., in his retirement from the Arizona Cardinals, said, uh, my wife told me Jake turned 40. And I said, 40? Where? <laughs> like, 40 years is a long fucking time. That, that is a long time. And he didn't even realize because he was in the game then he got out of the game and he realized like no i'm supposed to still be in the game goes down to tampa and they're obviously having the success they're having and tom moore he's never going to stop and bruce i don't think he's ever going to stop either at this point what do you think they are currently thinking in that building with what happened against the washington football team and uh do you ever think to yourself or were you thinking to yourself i'm not going to be like those guys that can't get away at the end of this was this a decision that you had already made up or is it something you're kind of going through now 
Yeah, you, you know, they'll get it figured out, first of all, you know, the football part of it. They've had a couple tough losses. Um, it's nothing that's new to them. They went through this, uh, you know, a year ago uh, and got things figured out and obviously got hot, you know, in the playoffs and went on the road and then eventually won the Super Bowl. So they'll get that figured out. As far as, you know, coaching, uh, and Tom Moore's 84, 85 years old. Uh, B.A. Is, 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 you know, coming up on 70, I think. I told myself a long time ago I had a number in mind. And then going through uh, the circumstance that I've, I, I went through, I was like, you know what? There's more to life than this. Yeah. You know, the football is, is great and all that. And we used to talk all the time. Pat, remember, we're coaching and playing a kid's game. Yeah, for a but king's the ransom. The, at, you know, absolutely. Getting paid a king's ransom to do it. But, you know, to me, life's too short. And I don't want to, you know, those guys are big Bear Bryant guys, you know, through Alabama with B.A. And, and Tom Moore. And it's that Bear Bryant mentality. He said, you know, I'll probably be dead six months after I retire. And guess what? That thing manifested and, and Bear passed away six months after he, he retired. So I think some guys get in this deal and they hear those stories, whatever, and are like, what am I going to do, number one? What's my, my next life's work, number two? And, you know, if I do walk away from this game, uh, which I've done my entire life, my entire being, you know, is my life over? Am I going to pass? You know, so I think some guys get scared, to be honest with you, uh, about shutting that thing down. And, and where am I going to get my, neck, my next fix from? That adrenaline we talked about. Service, service uh, you know, men and women who serve our country, they go through the same thing, whether they've been, you know, uh, however they, you know, had a bad wound, this, that, and the other, and, and can't serve anymore. We'd go to, you know, uh, hospitals and, and meet these vets, and they felt like they were letting their team down because they couldn't get back to them. And these people are rehabbing. They, they've, uh, you know, unfortunately lost limbs and things like that. Um, uh, and so it's like, where am I going to get this fixed from? You know, I'm, I'm not going to get it running errands for my wife, running to the grocery store, going to the cleaners, you know, and I don't have that that locker room, the camaraderie, the relationships with the coaches, game days, those five minutes after a huge win in the locker room, Pat. That, that is so – I get the hair on the back of my neck is standing up right now because people that don't know that feeling, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's exhilarating. You don't ever want to give that thing up. When you commit your entire life to something and then success happens, it is exhilarating. Now, obviously, the joys of defeat are also matched by the uh, devastated, devastation of the losses. And, you know, also, like, losing your identity, I think, is potentially something that a lot of guys battle through. So, let alone the camaraderie and the game plan strategy, something to do and focus and a life's work, but also an identity. And whenever you talk about the military folks that we got a chance to meet and talk to as well, it's, uh, it's a crazy thing, this whole life is. And I want to let you know, we're very thankful you've been able to become the coach that you are, the retired ass man that you are now up in the mountains of Idaho at a lake because uh, every week we enjoy the hell out of it. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Chuck, uh, at this point we're about to go into week 11 and there are a couple teams, most, I mean, mostly the Jets and the Texans that are kind of out of the playoff race now. How can you keep that locker room together and keep them motivated to kind of finish the season strong because there really is no light at the end of the tunnel until uh, December? Yeah, that's a great question and, and a huge, huge challenge you know, for both those coaches. And, you know, they're, they're playing for their career. So let's keep in mind that, you know, all these guys have contracts. They want to be around uh, next year. 
So, you know, what you put on tape is, is who you are. So, and, and then you keep, you know, you talk about, the, the, you know, your culture, you talk about the foundation that you built uh, when you first went in there. And even though you're struggling and you're going through tough times, you know, all we really have is that name on the back of our jersey and that decal on the side of our helmets. And we owe it, you know, to ownership. We owe it to the fans. We owe it to the, owe it to the Shield, the National Football League, to go out here, number one, prepare and get ready to play, but then go out on game day, you know, and play our asses off, you know, and, and give each other and play for, for our brothers. I mean, that brotherhood is, brotherhood, excuse me, is, is huge, you know, and so you got to look those guys, you know, in the eye every single day in that locker room. And so you're playing for each other, you're playing for pride, and then you're playing for the future, you know, because you, you can get on a little bit of a roll at the end and win two, three, four games, and, and then go into the off season, you know, um, you know, with some with some excitement, uh, go out on a on a winning uh, winning note, and and then your fan base is like, okay, look, we, we saw some life in these guys, you know, and they've got some football players, and we're going to be picking high in the draft, and we can we can get an old lineman, we can get a pass rusher, we can get a cover corner, we can add some pieces to help us in the future, but mostly, hey. These guys are playing. They like their contracts, and they, they like being in the National Football League, coaching and, and playing. You know, they got to go play their ass off, all right? Otherwise, it's going to be see you later. The job conversation is always funny. Like, you think the guy that is pouring cement right now could just take it off because it's a bad day? Do your job. You're getting paid to play in the NFL. Let's go ahead and do our jobs out there and make the money. The um, While you're talking about teams that are out of it, you know, and just kind of – kind of going for it and getting in there. It really does feel like I'm back in a team meeting with you. It, it is it is spectacular. I love whenever you get in. It's almost like you put your – we can go get a cover corner. We can go get a pass. It's almost like you have this ability to just go right back into the place that I got to see you in a lot, which is the, the head coaching position, which is why I think this is so awesome because I assume there's exact speeches like that happening all around the NFL. Go ahead, Ty. Coach, if you're a guy like Brandon Staley and going into this season with your first year, as uh, head coach, you know, you're getting everyone's he, – he was a, a betting favorite to win coach of the year. Everyone's talking about how good he is, and now they've hit a little bit of a slump. Like, in your first year, how difficult is that? Uh, I mean, obviously, you can get humbled any week, but, like, do you think at any point he's thinking, like, oh, maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was. All these people are giving me all these flowers. And how does he turn that around with the Chargers? Because they're, they're kind of treading water right now. Yeah, Ty, that, that's real. You know, because, you know, a few weeks ago, like you said, you know, we couldn't talk enough about Brandon Staley and the job that he's done, you know, with that organization and that football team and, and how the quarterback's playing and, and how aggressive he is, uh, you know, on fourth down and all those stuff. And then a little bit of adversity strikes. And, you know, you, there's a lot of, you know, they say it's lonely at the top. So you got a lot of time to sit and reflect, you know, not only, you know, when the season's over, but during that season. So you do question yourself. Players question themselves. You have a tough day. You throw a bunch of interceptions. Uh, you, you know, you have a couple bad days back to back. But as a coach, you do the same thing. And you're thinking, you know, what do I got to do to get this thing back, you know, get the train back on the, on the tracks and going in the right direction? You know, so you'll sit there and, and you'll question yourself and you'll ask some, you know, your assistant coaches, you'll bring in some of your leaders on the team and, and you start, you know, doing a little bit of soul searching and trying to figure out, okay, what is it? Because you can just look to the X's and O's and you can look to the tape and you can look to the stats and say, hey, look, you know, we're turning the ball over too much. We're not taking the thing away. We can run the ball, all right, or we can't run the ball. We can't stop the run right now. 
I mean, you look at the Rams last two weeks right now, right? Somebody has found a recipe, you know, for, for stopping, you know, the Rams. And so Brandon, you know, in the same city, he's sitting there. He's going through the same thing, um, you know, and asking himself all those tough questions. Uh, you know, so uh, that that's real. You know, and, and I think anything we do in any life, when you have success, man, there's nothing like a front front runner, you know, and, and being on top and, and winning and all that shit. Because even, hey, even, though, even though when you're winning, you know, there's a lot of bad stuff going on, but you just don't address it because you don't want to mess with that football car, karma. You know, you just kind of brush it under, you know, the rug and you hope, man, I hope this don't catch up with us, but... But usually what happens, it, it catches it up. It does, yeah. Catch up, catch up, it's know? like winning is the nice Band-Aid over whatever sore it is. And then as soon as you lose, all those Band-Aids at one exact time. Whoosh, we haven't been able to run for eight fucking weeks. We <laughs> yeah. knew this was going to come. The quarterback is this. This decision's this. It's It all comes. That's why it is such a week-to-week league. You have The highs are so high that you can't have. The lows are so low. But you can't ride the Ebsian Floche. you got to stay right here. Can't ride the Ebsian Floche. Ain't that right, Coach? Go ahead, AJ. Chuck, what's it like if to have what you you hear people talk about? Oh, they if you get this lockdown corner, you can line him up on their best receiver, and then you can have so much freedom with the other ten. What's it like as a D coordinator, the guy calling the defense? Like, what can a shutdown corner do for you? It's a lot better uh, than not having that dude. I can, tell you, I can I can tell you that because you know if you have that guy, you know Jalen Ramsey, so to speak, and. You can go put that guy's out of the game because they may never even try him. You know, like that last game, I don't, I don't know if the 49ers ever threw the ball over that way. You know, and he's playing in the slot and things like that. But you can take one half of the field away. Go back to Deion Sanders, the original. You know, when, when he went into Dallas, he told those guys, I play one coverage and one coverage only, and that's cat coverage. All right? And they're like, what, what's cat coverage? I got that cat. So don't be talking to me about cover two and about quarters and, you know, playing shell and single high and this bunch. This is how we're going to play this bunch. Just give me that dude. Give me Jerry Wright. Give me whoever, and I'm going to take him out of the game. And then it allows you, you know, play 10 on 10, however you want to play it, you know, and and lean your post safety, so to speak. If you have a a number two corner that's struggling and they're picking on him um, and they're going after him, now you can lean that post safety over the top of him and take him away. And then you force the opponent to try to find a weakness or a hole somewhere else. So um, it gives you great latitude. If you like to pressure and you like to blitz, you got guys that can cover and you can put those guys on islands and get after a quarterback. Because if you if you don't have that, you know, then, you know, you don't really dictate the tempo uh, uh, of the game. You know, you can't dictate, you know, the tempo and, and get after quarterbacks and get after offenses like you want to. Cat coverage. Wouldn't it be cool to be that athletic, by the way? Like, Dion, what, is in the MLB in the fucking World yeah. Series hitting homers? And then he's in, hey, who's their most athletic guy? Yeah, I got him. Hey, listen, this dude ain't going to do a fucking thing today. Yeah. What a, that is why Dion, by the way, forever, in my eyes and a lot of people's eyes, can say and do whatever the hell he wants because he was that dude. There has been Revis, obviously. Revis Island was something that was very, very real. I feel like Vonte had a lot of pressure, right? Vonte, whenever he was brought in to our Colts team, he was that was kind of his thing too, right? Wasn't it? Or am I misreading that? No, he did a he did a great job and we asked uh, a ton from Vonte. You know, and he loved, you know, certain, hey, no, certain hey, guys no. don't, don't hey, no. <laughs> I call my mama. Ah. Hey, so anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but no, but anyway, there's a lot of guys that, that don't like that, you know, but there's guys like Vontae who come in and say, hey, I got him, right? 
you know, give me give me that dude, and then whatever we got to do, you know, we're going to do. But they relish that, and they they love to be in the spotlight. And he had some he had some great, oh. you know, with D Hop, you know, back in the day, and and guys like that. I mean, there were some great battles going on. He was an athletic dude, and and, and what a good player and a good dude. I agree. Love that. Guy. I love Vontae. And whenever he retired at halftime, he said, "Hey, I don't got it like I once did, man. <laughs> it's a young man game. It's a young man game. I, I'm hurting the team out here. You know, like that is." I fucking love him. He's living his best life right now, too. I don't know if you follow him on Instagram. He is living his best life. I'm so happy for him. I love that, dude. Go ahead, Tone. Uh, Coach, in the the recent weeks, a couple quarterbacks, game-changing players have ended up on the COVID reserve list the week of the game. Do you think coaches now are getting backups, more reps during the week because of the possibility of this happening, especially in the quarterback position? Yeah, no question. You know, you, you have to. You'd be totally ignorant not to prepare a guy in, in some way, shape, or form. Uh, hopefully you got a, a lot of teams, you know, have a veteran in there that's played a, a substantial amount of snaps over the course of his career and doesn't need a lot of snaps to go in and play a few innings, you know, if you will. But, you know, uh, if, you're, if you're not, you know, having that guy, you know, do some extra stuff, you know, from a film standpoint, uh, you know, practice is practice. You only get so many reps, and you're going to give your starter the lion's share of those reps. But you have to prepare. You know, just like all positions, you better you better have a plan. You know, we we ran into you know things in India as we talked about you know in the past of, of losing not one, not two, but but three guys, and and having to you know have a guy like Pat, you know whoever. You know, think about think about your punter goes down during the game, or your long snapper you know goes down. You know, we never talk about, you know, specialists enough and, and how important they are to winning and, and to a football team, you know. But you talk about you lose a long snapper because Pat will tell you, we used to practice with, you know, a couple, maybe an offensive lineman, a defensive lineman. It's like all of a sudden you don't you don't have a second team guy to go in and, and you hate to lose that guy. I mean, you're going for it on every four. You can't even you can't even punt. You can't even get the snap back, let alone, you know, a, a point after try. So um, that's real, and you better have you better have a legitimate guy. I mean, Pittsburgh, you know, obviously going through it, you know, with Mason and Ben being out, and oh, um, yeah, because you Get see you what time. you see what happens you see what happens Gosh, to a football that. team. You, you know, it costs you a couple games in the middle middle of the season, and and now all of a sudden, uh, you know, come playoff time, you lose you lose out on a tiebreaker of some sort because you didn't have your guy. Every game matters, especially in the AFC, with how the parity of the wins and losses is. Wow. Mason Rudolph, hopefully, he'll be able to turn it up. Uh, Chuck. Can't wait to hear about the bunny hill with you and Tina getting out there on the lake and in the snow. We appreciate you for joining us, boss. Appreciate you guys. What a conversation. Yeah, you too, boss. Ladies and gentlemen, Coach Chuck Pagano. Yeah, Yeah, What's that? What'd you say, Z? I was like, break it up. Break it. Oh, we should (laughs) have. Is he still there? He's still here. Coach! Coach! Coach, you got him. You got him, Coach. You got him on you. Let's go. Hey, family on three. One, two, three. Family. Family. All right, get the hell out of here. Go to your family. (laughs) Joining us now is a man who's a former rushing leader of the NFL. A former touchdown leader, yearly touchdown leader of the NFL. Six-time Pro Bowler, two-time Super Bowl champ, absolute stud. There's a stat that we just read that no other person gained more yards from scrimmage in the NFL than this man from the years 2010 to 2019. That's a Hall of Famer, isn't it? Ladies and gentlemen, LaShawn McCoy. Yeah! Hey, 
you guys made me sound pretty good. I like this, man. Appreciate that. Hey, it's not, it's no, that's no bullshit, brother. I mean, you were an absolute stud, and I don't think, you know, obviously the conversation wasn't this, but coming out of college, I got to see you at Pitt, obviously, in the Big East, and you were, all right, chill, chill, all right, all right listen, you need to relax. And they just posted Darrell Revis's punt return. Oh, mm -hmm. I mean, they, that won a fucking ESPY. It won an ESPY. Uh, it, was, uh, it was unbelievable. But we saw you at Pitt. Coming into the NFL, I think a lot of people thought you weren't going to be able to transition. You did. You dominated and you changed the game, man. It's, uh, it's an honor to have you on, sir. Oh, I love being on the show, man. Hey, and real quick, when we beat West Virginia, right, when they were going to the, the championship, yeah, yeah. I felt bad. Oh, right? did you? I yeah. felt bad because yeah. I'm like, damn, we just spoiled this whole thing mm -hmm. for these guys, right? Yeah. And I know it was a rivalry. I was a freshman, so I didn't know how, yeah. how big it was, right? Yeah. But I was mad about that. Like, damn. Yeah. Now, we had to win the game, but I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. My life was, was ruined there for a few days after that. And, you know, I'm happy you guys had a hell of a time. But that's why the rivalry was so damn good, by the way. It's such a close drive. I hope they bring it right back. There. Yeah, I hope they bring it back in full fashion. And college football now is insane. Do you follow college ball much anymore? I do. Every once in a while, I play a little bit. Every once in a while. Huh. But, no, I, I, I love college football. I remember – our rivalry was so special. I remember going after we beat you guys. I went to party in West Virginia, and they wouldn't let me in the club. Look, I had to call Pat White. Pat got us in the club. Oh no, no, it was on um, Steve Slayton. Steve, he got us in the club. yeah, Steve. By the way, we uh, Morgantown was a good time. I, I partied a couple times in Oakland there, you know, because I'm from Pittsburgh and I went to West Virginia. So I'd been to a Bouquet Gardens and a, a couple oh, other. Bouquet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've been in a couple places in Morgantown. I'm ha I hope it treated you well. I do like the fact that our our bounds you can't fucking come in. Dude. I do like that that happened, and then a display of chivalry was uh, uh, taking place there. Lashawn, you were with the Bucks. Are they dead? What happened? How did they come out of the bye week worse? How, how did the Bucks come out of the bye week worse, you think? And are you worried at all about what they have going on? You're in there. No, nah, not, not at all. I think um, they're, they're a great team. They're, they're coached well. They played bad. They had a bad game. Um, I, I think it was just a freakish game. Once I seen, like, the beginning of, like, little stuff, like the fumbles and the, a lot of fumbles, the turnovers, you know, interceptions, you know, guy catches the ball, gets hit, pops up. You know, guy one hit, hit the foot, pops, like, all the little stuff. It, that, that won't happen. I mean, that's a freakish game. They lost to the Washington Redskins or Washington football team. I'm sorry. I mean, but they get everybody back healthy. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. A, a B, Gronk comes back. The secondary comes back. They'll, they'll be fine. Okay. Hey, LaShawn, what's it like playing for Bruce Arians down there? And they have a pretty veteran staff, too, it seems like. And obviously Tom Brady at the quarterback position. Like, what was that like day to day? Yo, it was special, man. Like, you're having a player that's like a coach, right? He's so dialed in. He's all the small details, um, so intelligent, so prepared. And you have an a, a, a older veteran coach, right, with B.A. Um, by the way, he's a Pennsylvania guy. And he, he, he lets, he lets you know, Brady run the show for the most part. But he's strict. I like he's strict because he's fair, right? Like, do these things right, and I let you guys have freedom, you know? And I love playing for B.A., man. And I think a lot of guys, they, they're bought in. They've been bad for a long time, but they're bought in and, that's why you see the difference within the team. Philadelphia, Buffalo, Kansas City, Tampa. Am I missing any there? Nope. You got the last two rings. That's all that matters. The last two <laughs> rings. I, know that, yeah, I, got, I got all my stats early. 
I got my last two rings late. Yeah, you dominated for a long time, though, and I think you were, you know, the football gods were like, hey, this guy deserves a championship or two here, and you made it happen in the last two years. But when you talk about the Tampa building versus other buildings, what is the difference, you think, in success and, and maybe not as much success? Because you've gotten a chance to be at a couple of different places. Other than Tom Brady, because also in yeah. Kansas City, I guess Patrick Mahomes, is that is that the answer there, or is it a bigger I think, than that? No, I think, I think, well, I think the number one thing, right, is Tom Brady. Like, the Patriots are having a good thing going on right now, but it's not the same without Tom Brady, okay? So you bring him there, right? And then the second thing is, that's the first team, right? And I've been around some good teams. Kansas City was a great time, great players. Everybody liked each other, great coaches. Philadelphia, Andy Reid and that staff, we were really good. We really was cool where we hung out. The Bucs is the only team where everybody get along. Like, like the backup players, the starters, the, the practice guys, the kickers, especially everybody. We all get along. We love it. Like, they enjoy being around each other. Till this day, I still text all my boys, all my guys. That's why they're going to be so successful. They love being a team together. Is that, you think, because a lot of them are at the tail end of their career? Because I think, and I'm not, this is not obviously everybody, but I think a lot of people potentially have this career trajectory where you come into the NFL, I'm in the NFL. Okay, holy fuck. Then you get in the NFL long enough that you get jaded because you learn the business side of it. You understand that there's stupid situations happening in a lot of places. There's decisions being made. You go, this is the dumbest thing. You kind of get jaded. You're just going to work now. I, I think you're just going to work. And then at the end of the career, you kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel. And you know, I'm going to try to enjoy this now. I'm going to try to enjoy like the meetings. I don't know how many more I have. I'm going to try to enjoy the practices and the lifts. Is that what it felt like there? And how do you do you think that is a trend for success for other places like Miami or L.A. that's potentially trying to do the same? Well, I, I think um, to be bought in, right, to a team, you got to have something to be bought in for, right? And I think that goal they have is is reasonable because they won last year, right? But Brady made it such a special moment where, like, yo, this is what we're going to do, right? You can see it. You can touch it. We're, we're going to win games. We're going to practice together. We're going to be prepared. Like he made it fun for everybody to to love to to be a part of, you know, playing ball. It's bigger than just scoring touchdowns. Like they really have a, a real chemistry and a bond. And I think how you get that is you have like a real goal that you can achieve. And I think when players really believe that goal, it, it means something. You've been on bad teams where we just can't win. So to be bought in is like okay, come on. But there's like it's reasonable. We can win and we can have a dynasty team. And you see it. I think that's what makes that team go. That's what makes that team a real team. And that's why you have zero, you know, like uh, you have the utmost faith that they're going to get it right because of that. That is the ultimate X factor, you know, and that's the that's the difference between good teams and great teams. I think you can't measure it. How much does everybody get along? How much are they playing for each other as opposed to just next to each other? That is a, a real thing, I think, whenever you're building any type of team. Let's talk about a team that I think has been tight through a lot of adversity, LaShawn. This past offseason, obviously, the Aaron and Green Bay Packers situation was loud, okay? We were right in the middle of it. It might have been louder for us than for everybody else, but that shit was loud. They were talking about that everywhere. Every pundit had an idea. Aaron's not happy. He never said anything. He comes back, and this is after he did an interview where he said, I love my teammates. I love my coaches. And they've almost rallied together in that almost like a bunker mentality. What do you think about Aaron Rodgers, the Packers, the team, and what they potentially have going after two NFC Championship losses in back-to-back -back years with a lot of drama that has been outside the building? You know what? I, I really can't stand how they make this big deal about Aaron Rodgers like my thing is with Aaron Rodgers like he is what he is he, he doesn't change right from how he was in the league to now he's the same 
and I, I, his teammates love him, right? He's going to win games. And, and sure, he might do things a little differently than other people, but, like, he's, he's a leader. And you can see all his – every time he has anything going on, whether it's the GM, he had the issue with the GM, or if he – the last dance he talked about, like, all these things, his, his team rallies behind him. Like, they believe in him. So, everybody's this big thing about, like, a distraction or it's an issue. He is who he is, bro, and, and they follow him, and he's their leader. And he's, he's a great player. He's a great player. Like, most great players that I know, right, they have their own thing about him. And that's okay, like, because because if they didn't have him, right, they had Jordan Love, and we've seen how that. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Jordan Love just taking ricochet shots since. I'm just saying. So I'm just no, saying, like, Sean, listen. So, hey, think about Jordan Love, dude. Draft night. Okay, he has that moment with his family, puts the hat on, he's excited. Then he opens his phone, and he's immediately being compared to Aaron fucking Rodgers. Like that is his entire. What a life that guy. What a life. I'm just saying, like, like, bro, you got it's, it's some good and bad with everything. Any relationship. Work relationship, you know, relationship to lady, whatever. Like, yo, this like here's what he is. And I, I respect Aaron Rodgers because he doesn't play that game. Like, listen, bro. Like, even his little like apology was like, hey, I'm sorry for if I misled you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not sorry, but I'm sorry if I misled you. And that's who he is. And that's okay. Cause we need him in this league for the league to be the NFL. And I love watching him every Sunday or Monday or Thursday night. I'm betting on him because I love the way he plays. Yeah. LaShawn, do you think it's possible to have an elite football team that is contending to win the Super Bowl to where everything doesn't run through the quarterback, to where that quarterback is far and away the leader of that team and it kind of goes through them? Well, that's, that's how they build it up. I think, like, most teams, you, the quarterback is the main guy. You know, he's the guy that you follow. That's why he gets paid all the money, right? No matter mm-hmm. if the guy can be average, but if he's the leader, they're still going to pay him because we want you to lead this team. You're the captain. You're the pitcher. You're, you're that type of person so i love that they have it like that i think um only time it doesn't work like that if you have a great defense with great leadership on the other side um and you have a solid running game with a with a manageable quarterback that can manage the game if you don't have that then you need a a, a pretty like big leader as a quarterback to lead this team isn't it interesting that in the locker room though in, in the quarter you only go as the quarterback goes. We all know they touch it every single play. That is that is just how it's going to go. Even if it's a run team, checking which way the ball like there is the quarterback is going to be important. But there's some teams where I don't think the quarterback is necessarily like a lot of situations probably where the quarterback is not the vocal leader of the locker room and everything like that. But you got to be able to respect the quarterback. I, I think that's a big deal. For instance, Lashawn. Lashawn. In Indy right now, Jonathan Taylor's a fucking guy. Hey, he's a fucking guy. He got introduced last. I was at the game. Uh, there was a Thursday night football game uh, against the Jets two weeks ago. And, you know, intros were happening, and it was the offense. Carson Wentz got introed, and I was just watching. I was like, oh, that must be it. And I was like, oh, shit, no. Jonathan Taylor got introduced last, right? Like, this guy's coming yeah. in, and it's his show. It's the way it is. So when AJ, it's his yeah. show. He's the main. Could he lead? You think that team could go? He's- they keep feeding Yo, him. listen, he's he's the real deal. Like, let's not get it crazy. He's he's probably, in my opinion, if you take away the injuries, like he's he's top three, yo. Right now, he's young. I never do that with the young running backs, but he's top three. He has talent. Like, he's fast, he's strong, he's physical, he's shifty. They can go, they can follow behind him, I think so. But just how the NFL works, like, for example, if he doesn't play, right, like, it's a big deal. But they make a bigger deal if Carson Wentz doesn't, doesn't play, right? Or if... Yeah, yeah. He has two fumbles that doesn't play well, 40 yards on 22 carries, a fumble or so. That's a big deal, but it's not a bigger deal than Carson Wentz 
two interceptions. You see what I'm saying? Like, he's the main guy. So the quarterback is always going to be the main win or lose you know, answer, I, I think, with the NFL. That's how it works. I it's, think- some bull, it's some bull, but it is what it is. <laughs> and there's a half a billion dollars being paid to those guys. So it's almost like, hey, you're going to get all the winning and all the losing hate, and you just got to deal with that whole thing. Go ahead, Tom. LaShawn, so in Baltimore, Latavius Murray, Devonta Freeman, Le'Veon Bell, they're all 30 years old. Devonta Freeman's looking good. Latavius Murray's looking good. Why do you think, and Lev arguably had the best career out of all those guys so far. Why do you think Lev was the odd man out and getting cut in uh, Baltimore? I can't, I can't answer that. I, I'm not sure. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I was looking at that the other day, like, why they let Le'Veon go? And I was just looking at all the numbers, maybe because the yards per carry. But I, I, they all got low per, low per carry, yards per carry. They all have their low averages. You know what I mean? Everybody just talked about. So I didn't really understand that. I'm going to ask him to, to find out. But this is what I will tell you, though, right? Because I watched some dudes play. I can go out there right now and, and give you and give you some yards right now. <laughs> right I was about to say, hold on. I was right about, now. I was about to say, as you got older, what did you notice in your game? Did you know what went first? What did you notice as you got older? What what did you have to evolve and change in your game as you got older? As I got older, right? This is something that I really noticed. Like it jumped out to me. I was so used to making guys miss so easy and like looking for big highlights. That was like my thing, right? But as I got older, I was like, yo, it, it's not worth it because um, I might not get the same opportunities. Like, so back when I was younger, I might get 20 touches a game. Where you're older, it might get 10, 11. So I got to make the best of them. So me trying to juke a guy, make a miss, look bad, you know what I'm saying? I might only get eight yards where I can hit the hole and get going for another 12. Those are little things that I, I think I, I've learned um, as I got older. So you had to sacrifice the excitement for the production. And this is something, as you get older, you kind of realize that and evolve as a player. How come some of these quarterbacks can't stop throwing interceptions? How come as some of these quarterbacks get older, they just can't flip the switch and be like, oh, it's better for my team not to throw it into quadruple coverage every time? How come that doesn't happen, LaShawn? Yeah, I, I, that's a hard question, man, because they do it a lot. I don't know. I think <laughs> it's a passing league, bro. I just they, I watched Mike Mike um, White. I mean, he was just – like he was doing, I think he was doing that shit on purpose. Like I'm about to just throw picks, right? Right. I'm not going nowhere. But that's a hard question. I, I think another thing is to answer your last question is, is being more in shape when I got when I got older. You, you're younger, you can just get up and just run and roll. Like I just missed Frank Gore just far. I'm at the gym right now. You see, he's boxing. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! Hey, how's he look? Hey, he looks. He's gonna fucking dominate, right? I mean, this Ooh. is. Listen, listen, listen. If you're a bad man. Bring your checkbook or your wallet and put the money on Frank Gore. <laughs> right there. So we've got hands of stone, baby. Hey, we've been saying this. The dude played football running back with no pads, basically. He didn't wear pads. I saw the shoulder pads he wore. Do you, do you see his face? He, he ain't playing. Like, man, he ain't playing. Listen, he ain't playing. So we train, we train every year, and then we just started boxing. And uh, he's good, bro. You'll see. Watch. I'm going to the fight. How long has he been uh, training, you think? And is this something he's been looking forward to and excited about? And he also came out and said, hey, if any teams need a running back, I can still do – I'm in great shape right now because yeah, he's Yeah, listen, listen. Hey, hey, by the way, right, I can run the ball too. But in the meantime, I'll knock some guys out just to let you guys know. <laughs> oh, you know I'm an athlete. Oh, but, but no, he's in – I won't talk about how many years. Cause, you know, I won't get no tips. But he, he's doing good. I mean, he looks good. I'm happy to see him. He's going to put a show on. Uh, go ahead, Connor. Yeah, LaShawn, uh, you obviously were in KC for the Super Bowl and Tampa. Is there anything that tops a boat parade, or you know, can you also say that the Kansas City one was just as good? 
I didn't say, say the last part. I'm sorry. It was, was the, Kansas City as good as the boat parade. No. Yeah. Okay. No. It's a little chilly. I mean, I mean, like it's cold. It's, it's the weather was different. It was a lot colder. We was on a boat. You know. I mean, let's let's be real. How many times do you think you seen Tom Brady wasted? <laughs> True. Yeah. I could have made two hundred million dollars off that NFT on that picture with him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, we had a ball, bro. We got on the boat. All the teammates. And I, I said before that we all were a great team. Everybody loved each other. It was a lot of stuff going on. I can't talk on the air about, but we had a great time. Great time. Look, look, look. Coaches included. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So we don't need to burn every bridge, I guess. Go ahead, Todd. LaShawn, what about a team like the Titans? Do you think, like, they've continued to win without Derrick Henry, but he's like, he, you know, he was accounting for 75% of their offense. Do you think they'll be able to keep winning with him being out for an extended period? I think I think so. I, I think they find a way to win. Like, they're, they're, they're the old, like, fashion football. They run the ball over and over again. There's some games where, where, where Derrick Henry would have, like, 20 carries for – 40, 50 yards, right? And he'll bust a long one because they, they run it over and over again. They wear the defense down. Their defense plays very well. They get turnovers. They play physical. They, they stop. That's what they did with the Rams. They just play physical. And then Tannehill, bro, he plays solid enough. He controls the game. Like, he's one of the best game managers I've seen in a long time since probably Alex Smith. So I think that team is there for real. Before, I didn't believe so, but I got to tip my hat to them. They're, they're pretty good. That was always the saying about that Tennessee Titans offense with Derrick Henry is it doesn't matter how successful the run is in the first mm-hmm. half. We're going to keep doing this because in the third and fourth quarter, they're going to be so beat down that one of these is going to go. As a running back, can you see it in a team whenever they can't take it anymore if you guys are, are running all over them? Like, for instance, the Niners the other night against the Rams. I assume they all knew, like, hey, we can just physically dominate this Rams team. Like, do, you, do you have that feeling? Is there conversations about that? For sure. I, I think they knew, right? that we're going to physically beat the hell out of them. They showed it, that they ran the ball all game. And it isn't like my style. See, like, every style is different, but when we have a team where we run the ball a lot, um, I can see it. And it works for me because I'm not like a bruiser. So when I know you're tired, I'm going to the side. I'm in the edge. I'm out running you, right? I'm cutting back because you're fatigued. You're tired. You're getting double teamed all night. Then, then you know, guys run it to the left. Then they play action. They roll it out to the right. AJ, you know how that is. Like, you chase somebody <laughs> over and over again. It's third and short, third and three, third and two. You got to get a stop. Oh, they get another first down. You know what I mean? You got three, four more downs over and over again. It's like a snowball. It's like a snowball rolling downhill, and you can't. Whatever you try to do defensively, you're like, all right, we, all right, here we go. Let's load up. Boom, they run a counter or something. The dude's wide. Like, that's, it's, it's a brutal thing to be on the other side of if a team can run and you know you can't stop them. It's, it's tough. But, like, a guy that can't be stopped, Nick Chubb, I know I've – I saw something where you listed your top three running backs right now. No, and Nick like Chubb, I don't know if he was one or two. He was in the top three. Would the, he would was he one. Get more, he was one, okay. <laughs> would he get more pub nationally if he was, like, he was louder and celebrated more and he wasn't such just a – seems like he is the most driven, focused professional. I will say this, though. Like, I've never heard the man talk. <laughs> he was and good then, on this then, show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then he, he came on. Oh, he, yeah. yeah, he was yeah. good. He, he gave us a great conversation. Yo, he, he doesn't his, – his outfit looks like the, the mannequin, right? He doesn't the poster, well. yep. He looks like the poster. But, and another thing is, like, I mean, it's you switch him and Odell Beckham. Like, if, if he played for the New York Giants and did the same stats, right, he would be like the man. You see what I'm saying? So, that he's with the Browns, it's like, okay, I mean, it's the Browns. He's a great player, yo. He, he, he looks the way he looks. I mean, they might judge him, and, and he don't really talk as much. You don't really see him, but he, he talks very loud in the game, on the field. I love his game. He's he physical. He's tough. He has good eyes. A lot of running backs don't have good eyes. And he has good feet to be that strong. So, 
He's, he's for real. Do you go into a game thinking if you break that first uh, level, like there's nobody on this team that can catch me? For instance, it feels like whenever Chubb gets through, he doesn't get caught. He's gone. Jonathan Taylor, same thing. Is there some games you go in and you're like, okay, if I can get through this first this first wave here, it's off the races. And then is there some places where there's like a very fast team that you change the way you, you run or anything like that? Yes, I think the team base, depending on like, you know, um, like, okay, for example, so like the Rams, you got to run at them. They're fast. They're fast up front and they're fast linebackers. So you got to go right at them. There's some of the teams that's bigger, stronger guys that are not as fast. I always think about the team and like who I'm going against. My mindset, the first guy is always going to miss. So I would run the ball and, you know, defenders coming, I don't even see him. I'm looking at the next dude because he's going to miss me. So I'm trying to think, how can I miss him to make him, you know, go deep? You know, how can I get a break along with so? I think a lot of them guys, man, especially like Chubbs, he knows that the secondary don't really want to tackle him. Like that one long run he had, the 60-yarder, um, against the um, – what was that against? The Bengals. Um, the Bengals. He didn't want no parts of that. <laughs> you know what? And, and real quick, I remember when uh, – back in the day, right, I would watch Marshawn Lynch tapes, right? He'll have 130 yards, 40 yards. And I would see a guy come up to hit him, right, and he would be tipped on to hit him. And Marshawn would run right around him and score, right? I would play the dude. He can't wait to hit me. I got to, like, shake him up. And I was, I was like, yo, my man, I watched you on tape tackle Marshawn like a straight. Mm. Yeah. Why are you trying to, ta- you know, why are you trying to tackle me? Yeah. So that's a great example of dudes that when you a physical game, you wear and wear over and over again, you know, you don't want to get tackled. Where I'll make a guy miss, now the next time I go against him, he's stuttering his feet because he don't know if I'm going to shake him. He's, he don't want to get shook. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. How many times you get tackled by that first guy? How many times you get tackled? Never. Not, Never. One, not one time. Not one time. Hey, am I lying? Am I lying, dog? No, you are not lying. <laughs> what was this? Is that from basketball? What was your – is it just natural shake? What did you have? I'm a basketball player, bro. Like, I was a huge Allen Iverson fan, so I would have a ball out so wild because I'm, you know, like Allen Iverson. It just can't – it just – I don't know, man. Just, you embarrass know. you embarrass people, and then even when the, the snow in Buffalo, and I, I assume oh, yeah. it's because you grew up in Philly or whatever, and there's not great weather. You just were able to have a balance while that nobody else. It seems like anytime people get outside of their frame, it's over in slick conditions. For you, it seemed like nothing affected you. It was it was really it was rather remarkable, to be honest. It was pretty. And you, you know didn't what? Fumble. It made no sense. I never like the first time playing in the snow was in the NFL. People always ask me that. I was like, nah, my first time was the Eagle game, and the second time was just, was the Bills. I just, I don't know. Uh, Zito. The, the, uh, the, the football guys was watching me, right? Achilles <laughs> and Hercules. Achilles. You know? Achilles. And Hercules. Uh, Zito told me in my ear before we get you out of here, and we can't thank you enough for joining us straight from the gym after sparring with Frank Gore, who will be fighting uh, Darren Williams. Yep. Mm-hmm. In a couple- hey, Darren, he look, he look kind of chubby, man. Like, oh, I think you see him? Yeah, like a little wedgie and all that stomach. Right, man, look, it's easy win for Frank Gore, baby. Let's get it. Hey, I thought the height differential was going to be different. I thought the height differential was going to be different. NBA guy, NFL guy, and it wasn't as big as I thought it was going to be, to be honest. So I don't know about the reach either. Yeah, he, nah, he's, nah, he's taller. He's taller. Yeah, certainly yeah. taller, but I thought it was going to be, like, much No, no, I think, yeah, D. Will, he was, he was like, he was a big point guard. You know what I mean? He wasn't really super. He like 6'3". Yeah, I can't wait to watch it. I, by the way, Frank Gore played football with no pads for like 20 years. Yeah. In a position no, where you had no. to get hit. No, no shirt, no socks, no knee pads. No, the original CTE helmet. I mean, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is, right, yeah right. this dude is, you know, just an absolute 
Boulder. Uh, Zito says he has a photo before we let you go that they found on. Oh, AJ. Ooh. Oh, oh no. no. Think I made? Think I made that time? <laughs> <laughs> He got me. He might have got me. I think on that one. I think so. Really? Okay. Probably. By the way, I, I, had a, I, had a, I had about one, about one forty-five that game. Just to be honest. Oh, <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't two forty-five. <laughs> Seems like it could have been I, if you I didn't make that, that right there. Oh man, that is awesome. Uh, Lashawn, thank you for joining us. You absolutely crush today and for us. So we appreciate it so much, man. Yep. Thanks for having me, guys. Yep. I love your show, man. You guys work well together, brothers. Oh, us, man, him. Yep. You like the crazy wild one. He's like the conservative, chill, relaxed. There we go. Uh, toxic. Yeah. The yeah. adult. Yeah. I'm the adult yeah. in the room. Yeah. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, the Sean McCoy. Thanks, man. Yeah. I'm so sorry for the interruption, but I needed to let you know that the Embark Dog DNA test is the best gift you can get for your pup this year. The more you know about your dog, the better you can care for them. And the Embark Dog DNA test lets you screen for over 210 plus genetic health risks and 35 plus physical traits across more than 350 breeds to better plan the health routine for your pup for now and for all the holidays to come. Every kit comes with a veterinary geneticist who can help turn your Embark results into healthier choices. That's high level help from the highest rated test available. Your dog deserves the most accurate and comprehensive dog DNA test developed by veterinarians and scientists. And right now, Embark has a limited time offer on their breed and health kit and purebred kit for listeners of this show. Go to EmbarkVet.com to get free shipping and save $64 with promo code PAT. That's EmbarkVet.com, E-M-B-A-R-K-V-E-T.com, promo code PAT to save $64 today. Back to the show. Joining us now is probably a man who does know the answers to these questions because hashtag Jay New. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, a man who has a book coming out on January 25th called Unbreakable, uh, who has been you know, a leader in the conversation about mental health and not being a stigma, uh, NFL Fox senior insider, Jay Glazer. Sup, dude? Wait, when did I get the title senior insider? That's that's new. I had no idea. Well, I didn't know either, but I know at other places they try to throw around those words to make people feel better. I just want to let people know. You don't titles. Who gives a shit about titles? Hey, I, I agree, by the way. I completely agree. Where are you? This Is this your house? Is this Strahan's house? This is beautiful. No, I'm in North Dakota. Yeah, yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet. Very hands 50th. We decided, I'm like, where do you want to go? Take you anywhere in the world you want to go. Being the best friend that I am, he's like, man, I really, really love North Dakota in November. I'm like, done. So I gave him an all expense paid trip here to North Dakota. Yeah, well, North Dakota's beautiful. I mean, it created uh, Carson Wentz, who's an absolute superstar. Uh, Strahan's 50th, I assume. Is it a who's who down there? Is it a bunch of stars? And how how did the no. relationship – hold on, Joe. The, how did the relationship between you and Strahan start? Because I think the whole world knows, like, hey, Jay and Strahan are boys. How did it start, and how long has that been? That's a very close friendship, I assume. Very first week ever on our – Every sorry about that. Very short first week ever on our jobs, 1993. Uh, I was covering the Giants. He signed with the Giants, and by the way, he signs with the Giants. He's from Germany, and he gets drafted to pretty much replace Lawrence Taylor. And LT still on the team. Not a really good thing. 
And, you know, for me, man, I had, um, this was the Mecca. And the reporters and I didn't really get along that well. I know it's probably hard to imagine that. Um, and then Michael, again, he was there trying to replace LT. So kind of no one talked to me. Nobody really talked to him. And we're like, hey, we're both morons. We just kind of, you know, latched on each other. But this was literally July of 1993. And, um, man, if someone, if a Hollywood scriptwriter wanted to write our write our, our story, right? Michael's, like, whole thing with his Hall of Fame was, you know, improbable but not impossible. If we went to a Hollywood scriptwriter and said, hey, yeah, this man, he's going to become a Hall of Famer. I'm going to become this NFL insider. I'm going to become a freaking actor. He's going to become a... Uh, the king of daytime TV. I'm going to train players in MMA. They would get laughed out of the room. Like, there's no way this could happen. You know, it's almost as crazy as, um, I guess, uh, you know, Matt Damon, you know, solving all the problems on the board. And, uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. About, yeah, yeah. Goodwill Hunting, by the way. Hey, yeah. hey, Will yeah. Hunting was very good yeah. at what he did. Oh, yeah. Right. Will, Will Hunting had a big brain. But it is, it's an improbable story that has created massive amounts of success. You guys are thicker than thieves. And I know you're a big uh, advocate for mental health and yep. not being scared to speak about it. Is Michael Strahan one of your tag team partners in that thing, I'd assume? The bro man seems to be like as tight as anybody in the history of friends. Yeah, so here, here's the, the crazy part. And look, I owe Michael, man, I owe him everything as far as he, you've been around me for a while. He validated me early on. Uh, when I came in that giant locker room, I'm like, man, how could I be different? Like, how could I be different than everybody else? Like, I'm, I'm not gonna use my pen as a weapon. I'm gonna start relationships and I will be the last dude standing here. I will outwork everybody by, not a little, by, by a lot. Yeah. And he validated me to, players and coaches like hey this dude's crazy but he's loyal as hell you could trust him so without him i wouldn't be where i am and conversely he's leaned on me for a bunch of stuff over the years also it's been perfect but it's so funny man um when i did the the lane johnson interview a couple weeks ago that friday i had uh a mental health breakdown about three o'clock in the morning it woke me up which doesn't happen often and it woke me up with this feeling of dread and doom like man like my world is just coming to an end and i don't dictate the rules of this thing you know i just fight back against it and i just want to be a voice that gets other people to understand whether you're successful whether you're not successful whether you're this whether you're that we all deal with it and um i was supposed to go to dinner with michael that night and called him and i said hey dude i can't go to dinner he said why i said man this thing just kicked my ass bro i'm just man i'm just i'm just wiped out i just need to get to bed and he said um you want me to come over and talk about it? I said, no. And then he said, why have you never talked to me about it? So this guy's been my best friend for 30 years. Mm. And I never, ever, ever in 30 years went to him until two weeks ago and said, hey, I'm having a bad day. I'm struggling. And he's like, why haven't you talked to me about it? And I said, I don't make the rules of this thing. Do you think, like, hey, Jay, do you think it's because you... crazy. Jay, do you think it's because you never wanted to bring him down, right? Because you're good vibes, you're good energy, you didn't want to bring it in to anybody else, but that's kind of the entire mission statement, right? Like, it's not a yeah. stigma. It, well, but here's the thing. Had I... Had I, had I, you know, think then the way I do now, I would have had... I want to get emotional here, but I would have had somebody for 30 years, my best friend... I could have turned him for 30 years going, hey, man, I'm struggling today. Hey, man, I'm going through this today. Hey, I'm doing this. And I had somebody right by my side for 30 years, and I never said anything. And that's, unfortunately, the shame that this thing brings on you. And one of the reasons I wrote the book, to show everybody there's no shame. Like, I'm fucked up, but I'm good with my fucked upness now. 
And in order to get to where we are, man, we've got to be good with it. And you got to tell, like, your people. You got to tell your best friends. You got to tell your family. And now, like, man, his reaction to me that day was, can I come over? That's awesome. You want to talk about it? You want something to do? And he was like, why have you never told me? And I don't, I don't know why, man. I, I, yeah. <laughs> you see him again. Yeah, up yeah, like, it's awesome. Damn, there was a lot of pain all those years. I wish I did. I wish I did. And now he's there for me. We talk about it. And, you know, some of those guys, like Howie Long, that's the guy I lean on. He, because, you know, how he got that darkness, it's made him who he is. All of us, you, to get everybody. To hey, out, listen, yeah, that's you what, got that darkness. That's what I was about to say to you is you said you're like, I'm fucked up. I'm okay with my fucked upness. It's like everybody's fucked up, though. Like, And I think yeah. that is the thing that you are trying to put a spotlight on is don't be scared. Don't feel shame. Do your thing. I'm happy that Strahan is as cool of a dude as we all assumed he was. And I'm happy yeah. to hear that you feel comfort in chit-chatting with him. And by the way, thanks for being a face for this. You're affecting a lot of people's thoughts and change. Uh, and it's good for the world, Jay. So, hey, I good on you, Jay. Hey, Jay. I appreciate it, gang. It's a hard world, man. You know, we're all comparing ourselves to everybody else's filtered fraction of a second these days on Instagram and Facebook. So we all feel left out. We feel shittier. We see so much hate on Twitter. Like, man, the human condition is not meant to go through all this. So as long as we got a team, we could walk this walk together with, with all of us. And that's what this book is. I'm like, I'm trying to round up all of us crazies together and everybody who's going through something and fight back. Cause like, I'm tired of this thing kicking my ass over the years. I'm ready to fight this thing back. Like, fuck this thing. I'm going to go back and beat the gray now with everybody else. That's awesome, Jay. Uh, how many pages is that book? Um, well, I talk about my depression and my anxiety and my ADD, so fuck, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I can't wait to check it out. January but I will 25th. tell you this. I tackle the hard shit. Man, you'll laugh your ass off. Like, I, I, I write the way I, I speak. Um, I'm out there but man it's funny as shit some of the stuff i'll tell you guys in there you will laugh your ass off man it's 224 pages i was just told in the year by uh, zito that's an incredible penmanship congratulations can't wait and, to I got, and, and the rock wrote the forward for me which is like yes. hell yeah oh, which is incredible wow. and, yes. and you know to his credit too he's like jay man this message is too important and you know we talked about it. he's like man everybody gets mad when you do one forward for somebody and not for somebody else He's like, dude, this is too important. Your what do you call too him? Big for this. What do you call him? Do you call him DJ, Dwayne, Dewey, The Rock? Oh, we call each other a lot of shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait to read it. I appreciate you uh, sharing that message with the world. Hell yeah. It's going to help a lot of people. It's awesome. Also, small ego art. We got a painting in the office. It oh, is, you did? Yeah, it's beautiful. We bought it. It's beautiful. I mean, it is really awesome. I'm Isn't not that a big, incredible? Yeah, yeah. I'm not a big art guy, but Good it is for awesome. You, man. Yeah, it's cool, man. Good for you. Thank you for, you That's know, awesome, man. Yeah, John Schneider and his son, Ben, who's autistic. And, again, some of those, you know, the proceeds go to help out other families who, who have children who are autistic. Incredible. I mean, look at that, dude. Hey, it's unbelievable. It has texture on it. Look, it's like putting, uh, you know, chips on a sandwich. That's right. Uh, There's yeah. texture to it. He got a little addition to it. It's beautiful. He's a genius. Yeah, he yeah. is a genius, man. Like it's just incredible. Look, we all have our, we all have things about us that make us special and great. You got to find what they are, and that Ben found out what his is. It's incredible. Yep, I agree. Okay, let's move. You guys to some- are awesome, dude. No, you're awesome, dude. Let's go to, uh, let's go to some football, uh, shall we? Before you enjoy the hell out of that North Dakota beach and bar behind you. <laughs> um, the you said on I think Thursday night football you were standing on that fake field alongside Olsen, um, and you get it. Good show. Love the show interesting show you talked about how 
L.A. was in it all along, right? You, I don't know how you... No, 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 the other way, the other way. L.A. was not way. in it at all. No. So, so the other teams were courting Odell. Odell wanted to go to L.A. the whole time. Oh. And it was Jalen Ramsey. Jalen got a lot of juice in this league. So Jalen is the one who brought it to McVay, like, on Wednesday. And Odell looked at it like he didn't care if he was going to make the league minimum because he'd make more money off the field in L.A. than he would on the field somewhere else. But the other teams were courting him. But as he was on, you know, kind of FaceTime with Jalen, he was doing that with a lot of the locker rooms there. Um, but it wasn't, you know, I know they have this about a jersey and all that. And Odell's been trying to go to the Rams for a long time. And okay. even, like, after he got traded to the Browns, I remember talking to him. He's like, dude, you got to help me, like, get traded back. He, Trading out to the to the Rams. I'm like, really? It don't work like that, bro. You can't do it like twice in like four days. Hey, man, I just it don't work here. like that, dude. This lake is windy. It is cold. Can we get to L.A. out here? That's wild. So Odell Beckham Jr. He's rela- uh, releasing a video. I am who I am on his YouTube. I can't wait to watch it. I've obviously been an incredible fan of his for all of his off the field stuff. On the field, he's insane. He, he, what was it in Cleveland? Was it the, the, I mean, OBS putting out that video, pretty damning. Is, yeah. is that when Cleveland was like, we have to get rid of him? Has it been a long time coming over there that we didn't know about? So originally, he actually asked for his release when they didn't trade him. And they said no. Originally, they said no. Kevin Stepanski didn't want to trade him. And then when the video came out and the LeBron tweet and all that, <laughs> his silence was deafening in there. So they just said, okay, let's we don't want this to become an even bigger issue as we're trying to kind of fight along. So that's when they, they agree. You know what? I'll say this too. Cleveland kind of, Cleveland could have screwed them because they could have done it where they dropped the salary down in order to do it. And anybody could have claimed them and a team with a losing record. Instead, they did it where teams wouldn't be able to really claim them because they didn't have salary cap space. And then he was able to go sign with, you know, where he wanted to go. So, and look, I, I know the other night was, People are, are looking at going like, oh, my gosh, they, you know, why didn't they just put him in for Robert Woods? Like, he doesn't play Robert Woods' position. And, Pat, you know this. Like, these receivers don't all play the same position. You couldn't just put him in there for Robert Woods, yeah. who is in, like, on every play. And it does so much more than just receiving. Yeah. Right? So, that wasn't, you know, I think Sean just said, hey, these next 12 days will be big for guys like Vaughn and, and Odell and getting caught up to speed. Go ahead, Ty. Jay, are you hearing anything about when David Bakhtiari might play? I, I mean, I feel like at this you point... You keep asking me that fucking question. Well, yeah, Ryan, I, I, want, answer. I want to know David you're going to fucking play. Lose it out there. Best we just need to hear if the giraffe is coming back. When's the guy going to fucking he, play? I think he started, he started working again, but they were taking him along slowly. I got to be honest with you. When I'm talking to my guys in the Packers, I'm bought... It's I mean, I love David, great, but it's not what I'm. Man, I gotta. Next time I call, I gotta be like, "Fuck, I gotta, I gotta ask about Bakhtiari." Hey, can you? What? When I did, when I did ask after that show a few weeks ago, I kind of got the answer of, "Ah, it could be one week, could be three weeks." We just want to make sure he's healthy and strong, so I kind of got that. Okay, just real quick, another offensive lineman that I know has ties to you, Kyle Long. Remember, before the season, he had an injury, and Ian Rappaport. Hey, Jay, listen, I know you guys are all in the insider's waters, but we actually talked. Ian Rappaport said, so I guess that means that Kyle Long's going to make the team? That's good news. They're like, Ian, shut up. Ian, what are you even talking about? Kyle Long, where is he at in the uh, recovery rehab? I think that's a game changer for the Chiefs. Not that the Chiefs didn't just get hot, but Kyle Long's a guy. Everybody knows he's a guy in the locker room, on the field. Everything and if he's back happy in football, is he coming back yeah. anytime soon? Do you know? Yeah, I mean his re- his rehab, 
went so much faster and better than I thought when it first happened. When it first happened, I was like, oh, man. And Kyle's a different – look, I've, I've trained – me and Randy Couture and, and Chuck Liddell trained probably 1,000 NFL players over the years. Kyle Long has, is the strongest son of a bitch who's ever put his hands on me in my entire <laughs> oh, life. Yeah. Like, he is so next level. Oh, my God. And, hey, you guys want to hear – I don't know if I ever told you a great Kyle Long story. Love him. Would love to hear So him. I started training Kyle. I've known him since he was like nine or 11. You know, those – it's my family. And we are that close at, at Fox. Like, we are, man, godfathers of each other's kids. Godfathers. Best man at each other's weddings. This has been a lot of freaking weddings. How's your family? Uh, for the six <laughs> of us. And so Kyle, when he was coming out of college, he, he lived with me. He was my son's manny. My son Sammy, he was his manny. And we trained him. And a couple of years into his career, he comes back to L.A. to come train. He goes, hey, so I'm going to I'll drop the bags off at the house and I'll come meet you with this bar up in uh, Sunset. He said, I'll come mess with Sammy and I'll come up there and see you. I said, great. All of a sudden, I get a call from Kyle like an hour later and he goes, you moved? I said, yeah, did I not tell you? Kyle went and kicked in the door to the house that I used to live at. Oh, classic. Jimmy! Like screaming and coming in. So Sasquatch comes walking to this house and they're like these two like senior citizens who live there now. (laughs) And here comes Sasquatch, boom, kicking in the door, like scaring the shit out of these poor people. Oh, that's awesome. That is amazing. Breaking and entering for Kyle would have been amazing. And that would have been great media coverage there, especially. He thought it was uh, Jay Glazer's home. Turns out it was, is he back there? They're like, no, 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 your friend doesn't live here anymore. And he said, this guy is like on the phone with like the phone with the, 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 I'm on TV right now. No, it's not so, TV. The internet. The internet. He's on. He's on no, the, the internet. internet. He's on the internet right now. I'm on the internet right now. Yeah, thank you, Joe. So, he said this guy, <laughs> this poor guy, I think, want to go call nine one one, but he had one of those old phones with the cords on it, and he's like, you know, all the way out here with the cord. Kyle's like, hey, buddy, it's okay. By the way. We're good. I got the <laughs> wrong house. I'm so sorry. Let me get out of here. It's like Tom Brady looking for uh, Leftwich's house and yeah. going in the neighbors. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's awesome. And I had a friend that went into the wrong house. At like two, three a.m. and end up with a shotgun. In his oh, face. really? Yeah, just a little. That's toss- not good. Yeah, that. See, those are those types of situations that happen as well. We'll talk to Jay Glazer, Kyle Long. When's is he coming back though? Do we think he's going to? Yeah, come- it looks like it. Yeah, I mean, his, his rehab. Again, his rehab is going so great. So I, I, yeah, absolutely. I think he's coming back. That's awesome. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Jay. Is there any thought as of right now of what's going to happen with Baker Mayfield and the Browns? Because Obviously, the season hasn't gone as planned for them. Uh, do people know if he's going to get like a massive contract, or maybe he'll take a team-friendly deal? I don't. I think the Browns are going to kind of, at the end of the year, kind of look at all their options and make a decision and kind of wait. Who can we get? Who can I? Is he our best option? And it's kind of a sticky, sticky situation, right? Because you know, after them, they look at it like, okay, we can win with this guy. He can be our guy because he has that different. I mean, he has Baker's a little different, right? He got some shit in him. Um, but there'll be a lot of veterans that are, you know, perhaps up for grabs there um, in the offseason. But it's that's probably the who who who's going to be up for grabs. Who's going to be up for grabs in the offseason? Your guy. Oh, he's not going. Let's, to let's see if Russell, you know, starts doing that again. Who's Ooh, my yeah. guy? Who's my guy? Hold on, Peyton's playing. Huh? Andrew Luck. Who's my guy? <laughs> who's my guy? <laughs> <laughs> you got A-Rod. Oh, Aaron oh, Rodgers. Right. Oh, my God. Could you imagine oh, no. him going to Cleveland? He's not going in to the dog Cleveland. Oh, <laughs> oh right? my God. These I'm new shock. 
or uh, stock shareholders. No comment. All right, I'm sorry. But right, well, so when they're looking at it and they go, who's available? What guys can we get in trade? What guys are in the draft? Is Baker a better option than all of them long term? And if they think yes, then they got to go long term with them. That's an, they're going to, especially Jarvis Landry was just doing some incredible work for the community and he was doing an interview. And at the beginning of the clip, I don't know how the whole interview went. At the beginning of the clip, he's saying, I'm not getting the ball that much, but I'm trying to make the most of my opportunities and this whole thing. Is there a, a discontentment going on in Cleveland? And is that because of what happened with OBS and everything that no, went on? No, I don't there? think so. No, don't you don't think, think so. so. No, I just, you know, Cleveland's still, they're tough. They're in it. It's just, man, the running backs keep going down. That's a team that you know you need to. You need that run again, right? So Baker, who has those injuries, he's going to need him. Here's the other thing about this, though, gang. He's going to need shoulder surgery in the offseason. Right? He's going to have to get this thing fixed. Yeah. So you want to try and, okay, he's going to be a long-term deal, but he needs surgery. So that's what I'm saying. It's a, th- That one's pretty murky. Yeah. If all is and done, you know, he's fully healthy and, man, we continue to win, then, yeah, I think. And, look, they are a winning team with them these last two years that I, I think – all said and done, yeah, you go and try and re-sign Baker because when you look, when you don't have a quarterback at all in this league, you know, man, oh, yeah. it's miserable. It's yeah. awful. You stink. And also, and I was thinking maybe the football gods would potentially dump on Cleveland if they finally get a quarterback after that jersey was created mm-hmm. with 700 names on it that wins for them. And then you decide to move on. Maybe the football gods would be like, oh, you guys, you guys started to win and you fucked it up. But the football gods did the complete opposite to Drew Bledsoe uh-huh. and Tom Brady way back. I just learned last night in the a man in the arena. I completely forgot how that whole thing went. I don't believe in the football oh, gods anymore. Paul Lewis knocked out Drew Bledsoe and then started Tom Brady. No, that is not what happened, Jay. I watched the man in the arena last night. Did, Drew, you were there, obviously. You know this. You're inside. Drew came all the way back from that. Was then benched basically for Tom Brady. Tom Brady wasn't like taking over the world. They were winning. They were losing. And then. Drew comes in in the AFC Championship game after getting paid $100 million, the biggest money in the history of the NFL, wins the game for them. Tom comes back still, by the way, a completely different Tom Brady. That, oh, I mean, yeah. that was a very different looking Tom Brady. I did not know that that happened. Bill Belichick, I think he was testing the football gods a little bit, and then what he got in return was the greatest dynasty in the history of professional yep. sports. So I don't even believe in the football gods anymore. Like, I honestly don't. Okay, good. <laughs> you shouldn't. So definitely not. Jay, speaking of teams, and if you don't have a quarterback, you stink. Um, our guy, your guy, Coach T, Mike Tomlin, uh, is it just a lack of options that he just keeps trotting Mason Rudolph out there when, when Ben's not in the game? And there's there's no way, like if Ben's done after this season, that – that Mason's the quarterback next year, right? I don't think. I don't no, think. I, that, I don't think that. Okay. I don't okay. 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 Really Thank there. you. Thank you. I know Jay. They don't want to start. They don't want to start over from scratch for a rookie. But I think even this year, look, the reason why they're doing this, it was, I mean, it's kind of up to Ben, kind of like how it was up to Drew Breeze with the Saints too. It's like we're not going to push him out as long as he wants to go. He's going to just keep going. I think they were a little surprised that he came back. Um, oh. But no, Ben wants to go. Ben's going to go. But I, I don't see him going back after this year so again it's another team like it's going to be interesting and this isn't you know this isn't a great draft for quarterbacks right so it's going to be more of these other you know the deshaun watsons if russell be out there aaron i mean those type of guys there's going to be a huge market aaron Rodgers is going to cleveland and pittsburgh oh my Oh, hey, maybe San Francisco, too, yeah. or Denver. Oh, oh Denver. my. 
Um, all right, Jay, what's a story we should look forward to going on the rest of the season, you think, that maybe hasn't been talked about at all? Oh. Anything? Yeah. You kind of put me on the spot there. I can't think about it. I've had about 14 cocktails this morning. All right, all right. <laughs> well, hey, enjoy yourself. We hey, 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 just being honest with you. Yeah, and tell Michael Strand we said happy birthday, even though we've never met. I hope you have a great time over there in North Dakota. I appreciate it. Hey, do me a favor. Show that little book cover. You could, it's on uh, pre-order right now on Amazon. Yeah, you, uh, I mean, I didn't forward it to the group. I should have for Come sure. Come on, what the fuck? Well, you that? sent me six of them. I, I mean, you sent me six of them in between cocktail seven and nine. And you said the second one is the newest one. It comes in clusters now. I know, no. I know, I know. Again, the, hey, the 14 cocktails. Yeah. Right. right. What is your uh, drink of choice, could, uh, Jay? What do you read, drink? Read, what it, read, read the title there. Well, you, I mean, we'll zoom in close enough. I can't show it in. There, there it is. Got it. How I turn my depression and anxiety into motivation, and you can too. Lessons for living from a mental health warrior, unbreakable by Jay Glazer, with a forward by Dwayne DJ Dewey The Rock Johnson. Yeah. Ah. Huh? How about that? Good hey, push? my guys, my friends and I, man, we're loyal to each other, man. You know, you got to. You gotta lift each other up. Hell, so, hell I yeah, it, man! You lifted up our show today a lot. Have a great birthday party down there. We appreciate you, ladies and gentlemen. I Jay love Glazer. you all, man. Thank hey, you. you too, Jay. You too, Bobby. Hey. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. Every Monday through Friday, we get an opportunity to say dumb shit into a microphone. The fact that you listen is the only reason why we're allowed to do it. So, thank you so much. Eternally grateful for it. I think today's show is one of those shows that you never know it's going to be awesome. And then you realize, oh, four people are stopping by and they're all going to be incredible conversations. We got incredibly lucky for today's show. And I'm very, very thankful for it. Let's, let's go ahead and turn the corner here into Thursday Night Football Thursday tomorrow with another good one. And then wrap up Feel Good Friday. Huh? How about it? Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful Coaches Up Chuck Wednesday evening. We'll see you tomorrow. 